I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't handle conflict. Or anything perceived as conflict, Jonathan immediately astral projects. <laughs> I mean, I don't like conflict either. Uh, well, I mean, you know, this show is pretty much conflict, isn't it? It has its moments. I, I don't know. I'm pretty anxious the whole time. <sighs> but sometimes it has some good moments. Oh, it has some good moments. Moments that we've been without for several weeks now, but that's all right because welcome everyone to Caging Greatness. That's Yay. right. We back, bitches. We it, back. No more, no more special returned. episodes of shit. No more guest starring on other places. No, we are back, and we are back with a special episode. <laughs> My birthday episode. Woo! The episode, as we promised about a month ago. <laughs> it's been about two weeks. Where, where I made all of the guys sit down and watch Dolph Lundgren movies with me. And I got to tell you, I had a hell of a time. I mean, you didn't have to twist my arm. I was ready for this adventure. <laughs> uh, I even said yes, but he's, he, he just twisted my arm anyway. Like, ah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. What conflict. are you doing? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, and, and he shot me in the kneecap. <laughs> Well, we were watching Punisher, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, well you right. already have a leg up because you actually have the skull on. Yeah, no, I wore that today just for <laughs> like I wore Spoiling. my Punisher shirt just for today because I don't have a He-Man shirt. Yeah, and they didn't make shirts for Universal Soldier or for Showdown in Little Tokyo. I don't have a Rocky Four shirt. I don't know. So uh, we may have to do some digging. Yeah, like oh. I said, if I said it while we were watching Rocky Four tonight, uh, if we ever find. A shirt that has the flag that has Drago on it, the Russian communist flag with Ivan Drago painted on it. I want it so badly. <laughs> oh yes, it was. It was very nice. Yeah, it was a good time. But yeah, that's a uh, that's a little quick sneak preview for anyone who is paying attention of the movies that we watched, and uh, the same as we did with the Van Dam episode, which this is sort of a soft sequel to, actually. At it least is. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's both. Movies that I grew up with in my childhood, and also Van Damme's in one of these. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do the same thing like then. We're going to talk about each movie individually. Uh, we're on a second wind. We started off the night very, 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 very tired. We weren't sure <laughs> we were going to do it yeah, tonight. We, yeah. Uh, we weren't feeling it, and then, God damn it, I would say it's safe to say we were inspired. Rocky IV <laughs> does that, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think we need to go through the plot of each movie. I don't think it really matters that much because we want everybody to talk to watch the movies. But we'll talk about our favorite parts, that sort of thing, give our ratings. You know, the normal razzmatazz. Yeah, the general impressions of what <laughs> and, you thought about said movie. That's right. That's right. Yup. And of course, here on Caging Greatness, where we discuss the movies of mostly Nicolas Cage, but usually some of their stuff too. Yeah, uh, don't pay no mind to the <laughs> fact that our batting average is like more than a half not Cage. But listen, no matter how over time we go or how off topic we go, it all comes back to Nicolas Cage. Yeah, because this also helps in that this extends the life of the show. Yeah. Because if we just did a Nicolas Cage movie every week, we'd only have like... Two years worth of Yeah, like two years and maybe some change because he's still making stuff. Yeah, he's made like what, like 120 plus movies? Yeah, yeah three coming out this year. Yeah, I think, it's, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's like 118 as of right now. And, and then if we stretch and include like the TV shows, the history of swear words, that sort of thing. You know, we might could stretch it to 120 or so episodes of pure cage. Yeah, I mean, I believe I've, I've said it on an episode before. Like, granted, you you will run out of cage material eventually. But that being said, 
Uh, didn't something come out in the news recently that in an interview he said he is not retired? Yeah, no, he somebody asked him. On. Somebody asked him when he's going to retire. He said never. Like, fuck he's going to go in the grave <laughs> making the movie. you goddamn and, right. And plus, like, to what Shimmy said, uh, in, in addition to extending the longevity of the show outside of Cage's own perpetuity in filmmaking, uh, it helps break it up. Well, you know, as much as we love Cage, you know, even as much as you love something, if you eat it every day, you consume it every day, you start to wear down. So, Taking these breaks, these sort of these little tangents and these little alternate paths helps keeps us refreshed and you know doing other things that way. When we come back to Cage, which we inevitably will, we won't get burned out because right. burning out is a burnout is a huge part of like regular content making. Oh yeah, no, burnout's a huge part of modern day life. Like I'm pretty sure I'm in the middle of some pretty bad burnout now because every day when I open up or close the shop, just about every day I feel like crying. It's terrible. I'm going to have to do something soon. But anyway, so movies. The, the other part of this that I really enjoy is that I get to share these movies that I love with you guys. Because yeah. uh, only Jonathan had seen Rocky Four before tonight. Yeah. The, the best Rocky. This uh, was the first time I've seen a actual Rocky film. Yeah. Uh, none of you had seen Showdown in Little Tokyo. Nope. I don't think any of you had seen Universal Soldier. No. Uh, Canon and I had seen Masters of the Universe. Oh boy! But it had we. been many years since you've seen it. Very much. And I so. think the same for Punisher too. Yeah, it's been a while for Punisher as well. Even though I, it was definitely sooner for Punisher than Masters. Right. So I'm Still I'm excited. I was excited to watch these movies with you guys, and I was excited to talk about them now. So let's get into it because God knows how long this second win's gonna last. Skinny bop and da up. Well, wrong show. I'm getting sued. So, should we start with the first movie we watched? I think we should start with Universal Soldier. Just because it's the soft sequel to the Van Damme episode, and it's a good lead in. This is transitionary. Right. So, uh, let's start with Universal Soldier. Now, this is a movie starring Jean Claude and Dolph Lundgren. Yes. About uh, deceased Vietnam veterans who were resurrected by a shadowy covert op from the government that turns out they weren't officially part of the government to fight battles and do like SWAT team shit. And then everything goes wrong when they remember who they are because it turns out Van Damme and Lundgren do not like each other. Hmm. Oh no. <laughs> you mean to tell me the U.S. government has done shady shit against its uh, veterans and the, and the military in general? It's weird, right? Uh, that seems a bit... <laughs> bit, of it, bit of it, I don't strange. know. It seems a little weird. I, I can't imagine it. Uh, all right, so let's go around. Uh, we'll start on my right. Uh, also, Cannon, don't forget to rate Rocky. Oh, I will. Okay. Uh, you got to so, have a little mystery here. I'm just saying. Just a wee bit. You know all of my ratings for every other movie. Yeah, I'm And saying. you already know I loved it. Oh, no, it was great. Two stars. Whoa. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Pain. <laughs> on, on, on second, on second blush, you know, I don't think it, it was as patriotic as it could be. <laughs> I don't think they loved America enough. I'm I didn't see it. Cody Rhodes anywhere in that movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cody Rhodes' whole aesthetic came from this movie. Cody, Cody Rhodes watches Rocky Four and beats off. <laughs> well, for like six months when I started wrestling, I'm like, that's Ivan Drago. When I saw fucking Cody. <laughs> see, Cody Rhodes is what happens when Rocky Balboa and Ivan Drago do the fusion dance. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, all you need is Miro and Cody Rhodes, and you can recreate fucking Rocky. I mean, don't give them too many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so starting to my right with Jonathan, we'll go around, we'll give our reviews for Universal Soldier. Jonathan, what'd you think? Um, 
like most Van Damme movies, didn't really know many of them until about a week before the Van Damme episode. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And and most of those movies I fucking love. And there's part of me that can really appreciate the buttfuck nature of this movie, but it was something about the Neil Breen-like production that just kind of turned me off. (laughs) It was kind of ugly. Are you sure you're not talking about Showdown in Little Tokyo right now? Hey, no spoilers for the rest of the episode. No, I'm just saying, like, you said Neil Breen production. I was just like, wait. Because Universal Soldier is a Roland Emmerich joint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Granted, like, that that, that may be a little harsh. I'll I'll, I'll reel that (laughs) scene. I was about to say. Walk that one back there, brother. (laughs) Grumpy there, pal. (laughs) I can't wait for a future uh, Neil Breen. Why are you charging so much for burnt DVD-ass movies, dude? God damn. For real. Like, like if they weren't, like, fucking $75, I would buy a fucking movie. It's literally coming in, like, paper sleeves from goddamn (laughs) Office Depot. Oh, yeah. But uh, Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier. Yeah, it was something about this movie didn't click with me, like with like Hard Target or whatever. And, and I do think some of the production, like, I mean, this is probably one of Roland Emmerich's first films that comes off of looking a little cheap. And I mean, and granted, it's the early 90s. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. I, and, and it just kind of throws me back to that point in film history. Or American film history, anyway, and I'm I'm just not a fan of the aesthetic all around, but that's just me. And like, if someone were to say this is their favorite Jean Claude movie, I wouldn't say no. You know, I wouldn't like, you know, fight them on it. It's like it's a it's a fairly solid movie. I think I gave it two stars. Yeah, it's like a little like correct, yeah. like if five is an average, or or. I'm getting my scales mixed up. Fuck. <laughs> so if two and a half is average, then two, it, to me, is a little under average. Yeah. This was also his uh, fourth or fifth, because I don't recognize some of these, so I can't say for sure. Fourth or fifth movie. Oh, well. But he followed it up with Stargate, which is a classic, straight into Independence Day, which is fucking Independence Day. Classic. Right into Godzilla. <laughs> Ooh. But he rebounded with yeah. The Patriot, yeah. which is still my favorite Mel Gibson movie, honestly. I like that movie. It was one of Heath Ledger's first roles. It was very good. I, I, rem- I remember that movie very distinctly. What's all this beef with Independence Day? That's what I want to know. Well, I think a lot of the goodwill was lost after they did the second one. I mean, I'm, that shouldn't disparage the first one. It was silly, but it was fantastic. It really was. I have, I have, a, I have very strong memories of Independence I've Day. I've seen the second one. I don't remember the fuck all. Yeah, Independence Day is a weird movie for me in that, like, it's... It depends on what mood I wake up in. Yeah. Whether I like the movie or not. Because there, there's some just unforgivably stupid shit in that movie. <laughs> But you know what doesn't have... However, if you do not at least chuckle or are a little charmed with Will Smith say, yeah, sorry, I just want to kick E.T.'s ass, that's all. Like, if if your heart doesn't grow three sizes that day, then you're just a fucking homunculus. It could also be an age difference thing. Because, you know, like, Ken and I saw it when we were kids, and Pat, you weren't far off from there. Yeah, I mean, I had the toys. I remember seeing it. Oh, yeah, I was like two when that movie came out. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't too long before the 
clapper. Oh, so, no, I knew it. Oh, God. Sean <laughs> gave uh, Universal Soldier two stars. Dus. Two Pat, what did you think of Universal Soldier? Yeah, Universal Soldier, uh, of course, first time watching it, first time watching any of these movies. Um, it, I will say, like, I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it. Like, this is very, like, silly, like, bordering on sci-fi military action movie. But there's something about the silliness that I was just vibing with. I enjoyed it. Um <laughs> It's kind of hard to like make any like really big judgments about the film, um, but I was just along for the ride and I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars, and uh, my review on Letterboxd says this is the most submissible, submissive, and breedable John Claude Van Damme has ever been. Also, just for reference, John's review said Van Damme got a donk. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, fucking John Claude is true. double cheeked it's up true. on a Thursday. There was after. a lot like, of he's ass. got a fat ass, and then this movie goes. This movie is like, of course, a lot of the John Claude they're they're horny for him, but this movie goes out of its way a lot of naked to ogle John Claude Van Damme. Like he's got his fat bubble butt <laughs> bubble bass ass, just like <laughs> glistening with baby oil. Like I think this is the only example of male objectification in media. And I will say this is probably the only time I thought, you know, John Claude's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Canon. Yes. To answer a question you had watching this one, just to throw it out there, you probably recognize the female lead from the movie uh, Kazam. You know what? With I did my research Shaquille. after, and uh -huh. I saw that, and you're absolutely right. With that is where I recognize that a actress from. Thanks to AEW star Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> AEW's own Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I can't so, wait for that figure. Yeah. <laughs> the Shakaroni is great. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Will Shakaroni again? <laughs> it's his oversized pepperoni pizza with exactly 66 pepperonis. I mean, I tried it myself. It was fine. Probably the best Papa John's I've had. I want yeah, one yeah. with 666 pepperonis. That's the devil. Uh, that, that, that is just a block of pepperoni. Cannon, what'd you think of Universal Soldier? And well, there it is. <laughs> hey, first off, uh, uh, happy birthday again. Thank you. I had to celebrate that with a uh, cola. Not a full-blown cola. You know, I got to watch out. I don't want to go too crazy tonight, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, but, the, but it is cherry. It has a hint of cherry. But That's fair. Cannon, what's that cooler next to your feet there? Oh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those open right here, too, but they're bottles. So that's uh, the only open can you're going to hear tonight, folks. Sorry. That's fair. But Universal Soldier... I've noticed the longer we've been doing this show that as a kid, I guess as a stupid habit, I would watch, I would sequels to movies and then just like, I guess just watch the originals later on in life. Sounds like my mother. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that because like, for instance, Die Hard. I love Die Hard. The first one I ever saw was Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, and fair. if I say a pretty solid one to start yeah. off with. Yeah, the, sec <laughs> the second best Die Hard yeah. 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 Yes. No, I wouldn't yes. disagree. One hundred percent. I feel like that's an objective fact. Like, <laughs> but like I, theory I, of relativity. I don't mean to uh, upset uh, Shimmy a little bit here. What, what I'm about to say. Say it. But uh, the first Universal Soldier movie I ever saw was, I believe, The Return, starring Bill Goldberg. No, that's fair. 
Uh, of course, you know, wrestling. Are all wrestlers in this movie? I'm going to watch it. I mean, that was most people's first ones. Hmm? The only reason I saw the Universal Soldier 1 first is because I was in the video store before The Return came out. Was Return the second one? Uh, That's yeah. like the third no, or no. fourth one. Yeah, no, was, yeah they, were, they did a Universal Soldier 2, and then Return was like the third one. Oh, okay. They've done like five. Scott Adkins has been in most of them. I'm not saying there's a lot. There's a lot of fucking <laughs> Scott Universal Adkins. Soldiers. You're doing the Lord's work making all these directed DVD <laughs> action movies. I, I think we mentioned before on the show at one point somebody asked him like, you know, what's, what your career is like, and he's like, look, I, I know what my career is. Uh, if I'm in a movie, it's probably a third or fourth sequel to something else. It's got a two or three after yeah. it. <laughs> it's like I don't so know what I, I'm going to be, but I guarantee he's got a two or three in it. I mean, I, I appreciate that. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He's making his money. Hell he yeah, made, cash he, that check, baby. But um, this is my first time seeing Universal Soldier. I'm not, I don't really have an excuse as to why it's eluded me this all this time. But uh, watching it, I I was able to take it at what it was. It was a very early 90s action movie. And definitely not the worst early 80, early 90s action movie I've seen. I did say 90s, right? Yeah, Earlier. yeah okay. you did. Yeah. But, um... I thought, and since this is a Lundgren-off, or Lundgren-a-thon, I thought his performance in this movie was pretty good. I thought he conveyed the points he was trying to make uh, through his acting. Yeah, this this is one of the more animated bits of Lundgren that we Even though I talked about it, I mean, we will talk about it here in a bit, but there was a moment in the movie where even I thought, even though I got the point of it, even I thought it was a little much... But that being said, uh, to the point, I I believe I gave Universal Soldier three and a half. You did. I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would, yeah, to be no, honest. It's it's a solid film, and that's that's another reason I wanted to start off with this one, because out of all of them, I feel like this is the one that we're going to have the least to really say about, because it wasn't bad. It's just, it's a 1992, very inoffensive Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren action movie. Yeah. You know, there's some funny bits. The stuff yeah. in the restaurant that we'll get to uh, briefly. And like when he's naked. Yeah, he's naked a lot. He's just busting through walls and shit. Like, there's some. <laughs> he's the goddamn Kool Aid, man. He busts through like five walls. Dude, in a row. Not a split in sight, though, by Van Damme. Yeah, no, like the closest thing were some of those, like, sort of split kicks that he did yeah. towards the end. He did some pretty high kicks, uh, as, as he's wont to do. But yeah, uh, it's not a bad movie by any stretch. It's just the one that. I think for all of us, hit us the least. Because even for me, I like I grew up with this movie. I enjoy this movie very, very much. I still only gave it three and a half stars. It's good, but it's not excellent. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not what I want out of an early '90s, late '80s action movie. I mean, it's not it doesn't set your heart on fire. It's too polished. It's too. It's too clean. It's too good. <laughs> Did anybody catch what I said? Yeah, she yeah. said time just glossing it's no over it. No time cop. <laughs> that it is not. <laughs> Which I only gave what half a star more. <laughs> I, I remember you liking Time Cop pretty well. I, lo- I fucking dug Time Cop. It was dumb <laughs> as hell, but I loved it. <laughs> I wanted to love that movie. All right, I really did. Um, it's a really early bit in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever, but um. There's like a, a hostage situation yeah. at the very beginning. Yeah, that's where they debut the Unisols, yeah. which is short for Universal Soldier. Yeah. Because who has the time to say Universal Soldier? Not this movie. Like, not whatsoever. Unisols. But um, there's this man in 
the uh, crowd of hostages that was, you know, I'm assuming this was his wife or his girlfriend that he was, you know, uh, um, zip-tied with at the time. Uh, But, you know, he can't use his arms or behind his back, but he, the motion he's doing with his head and his mouth, it's almost like he is trying to unhinge his jaw and just digest his wife's whole noggin. It's like, and that it's, little bit bothers me. I don't know why. Just, this, yeah. this, this evil American is trying to kill my wife, but if she's in my tummy, he can't get her. <laughs> and and then um, shortly after that, uh, when the the Ubisaws saved the day, um, a home homeboy who's munching on his wife's hair just like breaks out of the restraints himself. I don't think that shot yeah. was supposed to be in the frame. Well, but. I mean, it, it it probably where. Like, they were fake restraints, obviously, yeah. and he just accidentally busted out of them, and the <laughs> shot was so quick they kept it in because it wasn't worth trying to try. Thought we didn't notice, but we did. Okay, we totally yeah. noticed. See, <laughs> see, I thought when he when the fella busted out, he was just like a plant. Like, like he was actually one of the a secret soldiers. He's like, oh, okay, so it's so, so all, all over now. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, I mean, he was a stunt hostage, folks. <coughs> he was a stunt granny. Tiny Lister was also in this movie. Yes, just sort of standing around, looking grumpy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does um, as he did. Dolph Lundgren plays a crazy, crazy guy who just went totally out of his mind in Vietnam. Started killing locals and collecting ears, and yeah, he and Van Damme sort of wake up uh, in the middle of their Unisol missions. Van Damme mm-hmm. escapes with a journalist. Lundgren goes after him while also getting more and more crazy to what he used to be, collecting yeah. ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's also a big dude refrigerator. And the whole time I kept wondering, is like, is, the, is this spunky gal reporter, she's going to have to do this, the solemn duty of teaching this corpse how to fuck again? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they never actually ended up with a lot of sexual tension. Even in the end, all they did was hug. They just yeah. hugged. <laughs> a, a funny bit that I thought... When they when they get when they finally take uh, John Claude back home, that he's just like in this fucking little house on the prairie ass, like farm, like home Louisiana farm. Louisiana farm, yeah. And, uh. and then like his like his Louisiana Cajun French mother's like John. Yeah, this is the <laughs> second movie where they tried to pass off his accent as oh just a crazy Cajun. It's fine. It's like yeah yeah this fits. <laughs> But it's not it's not a bad movie. It's like it's like you can probably tell from, you know, how we're talking about it. There's just not a whole hell of a lot to say. Well, uh, we, we we probably would have had more to say if we had like a bit like we recorded right after. But it just has been a few days since. Yeah, but if it was the only thing we had to talk about, like if we didn't just watch Showdown in Little Tokyo immediately fucking after, <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have hit better, but that movie Oh my god, that I, movie! I yeah. don't know. I still got some things to say about Universal, the oh, yeah, Universal, if that's okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All sure. right, and it's another one of my little stupid ass gripes. Okay, so, um, you know, early very beginning shot, we see them in Vietnam. You know, both dead, immediately put on ice, and then regenerated. What ninety two? What is this? Yeah, Twenty five years later. Yeah. And um, all right, so. And, of course, they start getting back to uh, how they were back in the day, back into their own mindsets. Um, 
I love how Dolph Lundgren's character, like, just goes back to his old habits. He's back to slicing and dicing ears, ready to just go back to war, right? But for some reason, Sean Claude Van Damme forgets how to goddamn eat. <laughs> it's like, like he doesn't know how a knife and fork work. What is this, food? This does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, Jean Claude plays a good robot. He plays a good dumbass. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he plays a good dumbass. <laughs> that guy's like, fucking stupid. Fuck you, dude. Fuck him. I mean, yeah, I mean, you gotta. See where I'm coming from here, oh, right? Yeah, no, you know, no, totally. I, I can see that as one perspective. Like, like it seems, it seems like why is Dolph Lundgren's character like just like instantly back to like human cognitive abilities, or or Don Claude has to like slowly regain it. Yeah, but but I guess in one way it shows like the 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 what Don Claude's character has to overcome because if he, if he's it's it's more of it's, I guess it's intentionally more dramatic when he's like, oh, I'm still trying to figure this self out, and it's and and Dolph character's like, I'm bat to bad because I'm just that evil. It shows like this is what he has to like stand up against because like he he has to like slowly regain his humanity. Where Dolph Lundgren just like I'm back right out the gate. That's how efficient and evil I am. How powerful I am, and that's you know shows. The disparity between their abilities and what he has to fight against. Also, and then Dolph Lundgren gets the fucking super soldiers <laughs> here. Yeah. And and if we're gonna go into like legitimate scientific explanations for Roland Emmerich's 1992 <laughs> film Universal Soldier, goddamn right we are. There's something to be said for muscle memory because if you're like Van Damme's character, clearly knows how to fight. He's probably like raised in martial arts before he went to war. Yeah. So that would come more naturally to him than eating if he had had his memory wiped. Because, you know, muscle memory is a thing. So, yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he drains too hard. At the, the, he, forgot, he, he forgot about everything <laughs> except martial arts and breathing. Like, <laughs> he got uploaded that disc from the Matrix. Am I making this up? Was there a, was there a part in the movie where we saw Dolph Lundgren eat something? No, there was a part uh, in the supermarket where the uh, the large uh, Unisol that was working with Dolph that wasn't Tiny Lister yeah. was eating raw steak <gasps> in the yes. supermarket. Yeah. You see, if that guy can nom down on a well, steak. Well, he didn't have to use a fork. No, he didn't. And he it just, was raw. He was so he was, straight he was up very meat. confused. Raw just meat. Like, this I is mean, how these things go. I mean, I like my steaks bloody, but goddamn. <laughs> Pretty sure that was Rolf Mueller. Yeah, it was. Ralph Mueller. What I thought was funny is that, that when the, the 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 one surviving scientist <gasps> decides to grow conscious, like I got to stop these guys, and played he, by he, the smoking man from X Files. Yeah, he, he gives a grenade to like the the big end of the Universal Soldiers and to, to blow up. <laughs> I feel like he could have just ran away and let the whole the <laughs> Optimus Prime ass bus blow up with them on it. But it's like ah, I guess I got to take myself out with it. Oh man! Also, they loved that bus in that movie, didn't they? Oh, they they definitely like, showed a few times. It goes, <clears throat> just awesome. like expanding out. I didn't catch this at the time. I don't think any of us did because I still couldn't tell you where he was. But apparently, Michael Jai White was in this movie as like an extra. Wait, Michael Jai White? Point. Yeah. Where? As like a Ooh. kid? Uh, like a young Michael Jai White. He was a soldier. Oh man! Yeah, man, that's dynamite. It's weird. Damn. It's weird stuff. AEW Black Dynamite. <laughs> I know my, I know my spawn himself. You know, I saw somebody in some fucking comment section somewhere. I don't remember what it was from, but like something along the lines of 
God, why the fuck did Christopher Nolan put Michael Jaw White in this movie? He's, he's just not good in anything he's in. I'm just like, first of all, he's in the movie for like, you know, three minutes, if that. Yeah, not Sec- long. Second of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't actually the guy that played the Smoking Man. I got him confused with Leon Rippey. Yeah, because wasn't he in The Patriot? He was, yeah. Another Same guy, just, just completely different. And Raw Deal, that, uh, that Schwarzenegger film. And the Lone Ranger that nobody saw. Because I was Stargate. I wasn't doubting you, but mm-hmm. when I saw him, I thought it was that dude. But I've never seen the X Files, so I didn't know who the they looked very similar. Like, yeah. See, I thought he was the Lamprey Man of the X Files. He might have been. I it's thought been he forever was Scully. since I've seen the X Files. Yeah, no, that's totally Julian Anderson. I'm just <laughs> oh, an idiot. Man. Sorry. Remember, I haven't yeah. seen it. So what an attractive no, lady she is. <laughs> David Duchovny. <laughs> Is a very yeah. attractive lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we get to Twin Peaks. Oh, <laughs> you know, I still haven't seen that either. Keeping so. your pants, David Duchovny. I mean, that is a very accurate statement. Twin Peaks, David Duchovny is a very attractive lady. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Mm. Evolution is an underrated film. It really is. Yes. I enjoyed that one. It was it was kind of like movie. Ghostbusters. Like that one and Eight Legged Freaks were two of my favorite ridiculous B level sci fi movies from, from the nineties like and two thousands. Late nineties, late mid nineties. Oh man, I don't think I can even find that on Blu Ray. I've tried. Hmm. So yeah, Universal Soldier. Universal. It wasn't Soldier. a bad time. Wasn't a bad time. So at all. A bad time. I'd say it was even a fun time. Yeah, but, no, yeah, it was a good was time. A good like it's not going to be one of our highest rated things, obviously, but you know, it's not fucking. Bad. Not bad at all. Next. Next. <laughs> so do we want to work backwards through the Dolph Lundgren filmography in a chronological order, like reverse chronological order? Or do we want to just start and go with what we watched ourselves in that order? I figured we just go and end our viewing order. Things as good as any. Okay, so that means up next is The Punisher. The Punisher. Punisher. I barely know her. So The Punisher... I have long said that the Dolph Lundgren version is probably my favorite live-action Punisher. Interesting. I said it when there were just the two movies, even though I love the Thomas Jane one, which I'm sure we'll watch at some point in a Travolting Development episode. Maybe. Uh, I definitely said it after the Ray Stevenson Punisher, because that movie was not great. No, it wasn't. Ray Stevenson would be a great Punisher in a better movie. Yes. 100%. But I can't even remember what Ray the Stevenson premise of the, like. the premise of that movie irritates the shit out of me, because it's Punisher accidentally kills an undercover cop. And so he's like, oh, I fucked up. I killed a cop. I'm done. I'm quitting forever. <laughs> like, no, no, he wouldn't. One, Bless you. one Frank would have done much more uh, reconnaissance and he would have known that it was an undercover cop. Two, he would have shrugged and continued on with what he was doing. It's as dumb as Val Kilmer Batman shutting everything down because Nicole Kidman's psychiatrist batted her eyes at him. That shit doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like the Punisher. He's killed way more people for way less. <laughs> yeah, like he'll never intentionally kill a cop. That's one of his rules. But you know, if they put themselves in the middle of a scumbag and a bullet, he's gonna let it happen. It's like, it, what happens? What happens? If he dies, he dies. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and and the Barenthal Punisher, I really like. I just never felt like he got to that level of the actual Punisher. In what way? Well, it's just between the ending of the Daredevil season and the beginning of Punisher season one, he quits 
punishing. That doesn't feel like Frank either. He just starts working construction. Because the whole point of Daredevil Season 2 was he's becoming the Punisher by finding the people that killed his family. I'm going to get him and then he continue. And then Season 1 of Punisher opens up and he's just working construction with well, a big well, bushy beard. In Season 2 of Daredevil, like, he... Of course, the plot got really screwy with the Punisher on Netflix. But, like, I thought yeah. he, he, they, he thought he found out who killed his family. So, like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, no, he did. But then he showed up with the vest on to help the final battle with Daredevil and Elektra and all that jazz. Yeah. And just walked off, like, see you around while he's wearing the fucking skull and shit. And then Punisher season one, they just roll all that back. Like, no, he's got to remember that he's the Punisher and he's there to punish. No, nah, that's not... Mm, that doesn't... Fi- uh. well, he, no, he, he killed all the bad guys. Yeah, the, all of them. Every bad guy yeah, in New York. Every bad dead. guy there is. He killed them. <laughs> he got them all. Yep. Next state. Let's go. <laughs> it, it's a Punisher so, world no, tour. Like, <laughs> like, I love Barenthal. He's a great Frank Castle. Great yeah, And he's definitely yeah. the, the most attracted Punisher. I just thought that the, the format of the long-form TV show, and especially opening up like that, where he has to get dragged back into all of it, I just thought that didn't make sense given the end of his introduction in Daredevil season two. That was my only gripe. Oh, there I go. Killing again. (laughs) But overall, I love the uh, Punisher, the 1989 Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, because it's, it's like outside of being an adaptation of the book, it's a very solid late eighties action movie. It's very late (sighs) eighties. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's do the thing. Jonathan, what'd you give it? Do you need me to look it up for you? Oh, I can look it up. I think well, you, I remember you didn't what, last what time. Gave you just got a beep boop on your phone there. I have it. I, I got a beep boop on my phone, exactly. It's got a beep boop. Oh, beep I was wrong. Boop. Never mind. I would have been a liar. Hmm. I'll get to it eventually. Oh, yeah. You we'll just fill this dead air. I know it's it. fine. <laughs> I know it. It's fine. I know what it is. Well, well, I, know what, I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Killing some time. Yeah, I, I gave it about, uh, about a three out of five. I thought Ooh. it was really fun. Uh,. To be honest, I don't really remember a lot from it. Like, like we're gonna have to talk, and y'all are gonna have to jumble my brain because this was because this was the first one we watched, and it's been about I think a over week. a week. Yeah, like a full yeah. week. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the basic overview is: uh, police officer Frank Castle's wife and children are killed. He lives in the sewer. He's pissed about it. Lou Gossett Jr. is trying to hunt him down. Uh, he's got a drunk uh, actor guy that he uses as his informant. Uh, yeah. okay, and then yeah. the Yakuza are breaking into the regular mob areas and the leader of the mob in America, they're all, they're all their kids get kidnapped and shit. So Punisher has to go save them. Except for the lead guy's kid who is kidnapped separately. So then Punisher and the main bad mafia guy have to team up to go rescue the kid from the Yakuza or else they'll kill Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, okay, now it's coming back now. And right. It, yeah, like, it was just a solid, like like you said, late 80s action movie. Doesn't, you know, it is what it is, no extra bells and whistles. Yeah, probably the, the biggest issue I think that Ken and I had, because we'll get into it, is just the lack of a skull. Yeah. There's no symbol. Was oh, there yeah. any particular... <clears throat> the director wanted to keep it separate from the comics. He thought the look in the comics was silly, so he made it more realistic, which at the time makes sense because in the comics at the time, the skull was big and I was on his chest and it was like bullet 
uh, housings that were the teeth, and he was in spandex with white gloves, white boots, just real superhero-y. He wasn't the, I have a t-shirt and a black jacket Punisher that we know and love now. Well, I will say, that didn't stop whoever fucking photoshopped this picture that's on Letterboxd. It's yeah. Dolph Lundgren with the 2004 Thomas Jane Punisher logo, not on the shirt, but like Just on the side like of lapel, his button-up yeah. shirt. I think they did that for the DVD promotional stuff to you know let you know who it was. Right, oh, right, gee. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jonathan, three and a half? Three. 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 Pat, what did you think? For me, uh, I also gave it a three as well. I, I did enjoy it. I guess I was a little underwhelmed in the in the sense that, like, I, I guess I was thinking it'd be another one of, like, the balls-to-the-wall crazy 80s action. And, like, there's still, like, some some good solid action in it. Although, I, I guess it just definitely feels a bit more restrained. And it, it's not like, you know, it ain't just wacky, folks, but... Uh, it's still it's still a good movie. It's still fun. Uh, I did think this movie is actually a stealth sequel to Kindergarten Cop Two, mm-hmm. <laughs> D- despite being made many years before it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because he, he, his uh, his old partner, his old friend, uh, is the black cop, and he has and he has a rapport with all these little kids he saves. <laughs> and then in Kindergarten Cop Two, he's a, he plays a cop whose best friend is a black cop, yeah. and he hangs out with a bunch of little kids trying to get them to, all riled up. Kindergarten Cop Two, Dolph is a variant of Frank Castle. Y'all have no, I, well, the people at home don't know how hard I pushed to add that one to our watching list for this show. God, I wanted it so bad. I mean, there's plenty of good Dolph stuff. We could always do a round two in the future. Man, also I. I <laughs> This is just me, but I really like the outfit that the that the evil lady Yakuza had in the dinner scene. Uh-huh. Like that was a pretty awesome outfit. Yeah, no, they're very eighties businesswoman chic. It was it was good stuff. Like the, the homegirl had like a fucking just snatched waist. She had like the the shiny black like almost spandex like jacket, big flare like lapels, and he had like the, the weird blade earrings. Like she was like she had it together, although like. It is a little questionable the whole like oh the Asians are the bad guys in this and a lot of '80s movies it seems like it's like they just discovered Japan and like Japanese aesthetic. Well, because that was that was right around the time, if I'm not mistaken, that the yakuza actually started being more well known outside of Japan. So it's you know it's like how the, in the 2000s there were 18 things where like the climate change is gonna kill the world like day after tomorrow and and like all the disaster type movies it's just some things enter the public consciousness for Hollywood at the same time and then that yeah. shit happens. Well, <laughs> in the 80s was an economic boom for Japan and I know that caused like a lot of American anxiety because it's like what if they unseat us even though it's kind of irrational. Yeah. Also, do you know that scene where the lead evil Yakuza lady has the Punisher and the drunk alcoholic actor on the stretchy rack to torture them? Yeah. And she starts, like, running her metal finger pinky thing up and down Lundgren's chest? Yeah. That was not in the script. She just started doing that because she was really into Dolph's body. No, well, I can see that. I mean, who like, wouldn't be? Yeah. It is. <laughs> and, but so I feel like that's a fair ad lib to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, it shows off her weird little pinky thing. Right. And and this, uh, his physique at that time, Dolph's was, that was the slimmest he had been in a long time. Cause, oh, you know, Dolph was skinny mini. He bulked up in 85 for Rocky. Yep. Stayed bulked for 87's He-Man and then slimmed down so he could fight better for Punisher. 
I mean, yeah, he would have more maneuverability. Yeah. And just being a big old wall just of a, muscle. Just a hoss. Cannon. Yes. What do you think of Punisher? You <clears throat> love the character. He's one of your favorites. Yes, I absolutely love the Punisher. And um, I have not seen this version uh, in some years. I remember seeing it as a kid. I'm not sure if I'd seen it a time after that until now. But, um, like, pretty much the same uh, <clears throat> assessment that everybody else has. Like, as far as movies are concerned, I think it's a pretty solid uh, action movie for the time. But it, it feels like it could have been something else without being the Punisher. Because, I'm sorry, it, there, no, no skull. It's kind of a deal breaker. I mean, you, you could have called the movie kind of anything, yeah. and it, it, would, it still would have fit. And I, Oh, go ahead. And plus, I think I remember reading that this is one of the few adaptations of a Marvel comic that Marvel doesn't really associate with. I think it's this and the fan forced it. They're kind of like, yeah, I don't know, we don't know about that one. Yeah, that's Yeah, fair. well, it's... The movie has a feel like... Escape from New York, The Warriors, that yeah. sort of like Death Wish. That was the movie I was trying to think of. Yeah, it was like yeah. Death Wish. It's very Death Wish. But um, and, and while I do love that type of aesthetic for a movie, it is at least in this movie, it's kind of off-putting. Yeah, there definitely is like a lot of that whole like urban decay. Yeah, yeah. that was that was present in like a lot of like late eighties. Uh, films or, or even like through the seventies. Yeah. yeah, it was. But like, it, it's something about this one, like it, it definitely, in a way, it feels a little more maudlin. Yeah, yep, they were definitely making it feel serious. Um, I I thought the um the uh, homeless actor side character was fun. Oh, I loved yeah, him. He's probably I, my favorite. I thought he did a really really good job. Um, <laughs> as far as Lundgren's look goes, I mean, obviously no skull. However. I will say this, nicest fucking head of hair on a Punisher I've ever seen. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah. The look was good. It, yeah. it's, it, it's definitely jarring when you know Dolph Lundgren all this time to be like a platinum blonde. He has, has just raven black hair. Yeah. But also his uh, beard is literally like grease paint. It's painted on. That that's not, not that's real not face stubble. That is well, paint. Well, the thing, like, I, a lot of the, the interviews I've seen have alluded to that being a choice by the director to where it's not supposed to be stubble. It's supposed to kind of be grease paint to give his face the shape and definition of a skull. Same way they put, like, skulls on the knives and shit. It doesn't work, but that's what they were going for. I'm changing my review. Hold on. I'm glad I haven't said my star rating. I'll, also, yet. like, <laughs> I think putting, like, the painted on stubble kind of plays into the very harsh geometry of yeah. Dolph Lundgren's face because that, it, it really just accentuates his very like yeah, pronounced yeah. cheekbones and like square jaw. It just yeah, it just made him seem almost like a Picasso painting. I, I, <laughs> like I mean, have y'all ever seen the kid who has like the, the square ass head? He kinda looks like that. Uh but uh yeah, yeah, that makes a lot more sense now because he also has like a lot of like dark around the eyeballs. He looks like all he does is all the heroin. Yeah, no, he just and he sits there naked in the sewer getting angry. Yeah. Are you I thought there, that was so God. funny that he's literally just sitting like butt ass naked doing like some like meditation pose and just like the grime and grit. Yeah. With, with all, I think like the fucking the the grim dark teenage ninja turtle about to bust in there. It's like cowbunga dude, bang bang. As <laughs> surprise, this is a prequel to As Above, So Below. <laughs> as far as his portrayal of the Punisher, 
definitely not my favorite. But it's like I said, like I feel like this movie maybe actually could have benefited a little bit by not even being associated with the comic book character. Like, just call it, like, I don't know, Cobra 2. <laughs> Put some <laughs> aviators on them or something. But uh, but I will say <clears throat> I still had a fun time with it. I gave it three stars. And fun fact for the table in a segment that I haven't been able to bring back in a long time. And God damn, I'm glad to bring it back now. It is actors that are things that have watched that are also in da, 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 The Shield. Uh, Ladies oh, and wow. gentlemen. If you didn't recognize, and I'm sorry, I'm probably going to butcher this name, Kim uh, Miori? Yeah, that, probably. That, that sounds about right. Uh, who played Lady Tanaka, the, the the main villain of this film. Yeah. Uh, she also played a little character in The Shield by the name of Mrs. Park, the woman who ran the underage sex club. Hmm. In oh. that one episode of... Da, 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 the Shield. So she goes from <laughs> one yeah. role where she exploits and endangers children to another. If it makes you feel better about the logo, too, the director has expressed regret for not using it. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> well, again, at the time, the only costume was the spandex, white boot, white gloves. Well, I would have preferred that. It wouldn't have worked Give for the that. movie he was making. That would have been... Uh, like, I would have given it four stars. He yeah. should have like just given him a shirt with a skull on it, but you know that wasn't a thing that had happened in the books at that point. Oh, yeah, so he, he, he could have just made up his own Punisher. Like, you know, Just like taking inspiration from the comic and just like, I'm going to make my OC version of Punisher. And this is coming from somebody... I mean, I guess he kind of did with this. I used to hate the original look of the Punisher. I used to just hate the shit out of that. But the older I get, God damn it, the more it grows on me. I wouldn't That's mind fair. seeing that in like a uh, multiverse type of situation <laughs> that we got brewing in the MCU right yeah, now. Sort of like old man Loki. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. But so, yeah. Yeah, what'd you stars. rate? The, the, three the stars. Oh, yeah, three stars. Three stars. Uh, well, again, childhood, nostalgia, love Dolph, love the Punisher, love this movie. I gave it four stars. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. A lot of these are my favorite. I love these. Like, this is my childhood. Like I told you guys uh, earlier, between the Van Damme episode and this episode, we have watched like 85% of the movies that have defined my childhood. Yeah. We're only missing like four. So all of these ratings are just going to get progressively higher from here. Universal Soldier is the lowest rated one for me. I give this one a four because I love it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of good action scenes. It's not like it's not like batshit crazy. Louis Gossett Jr. is great. You know the scene where Frank has finally been captured and Louis Gossett Jr. goes to see him because you know they're ex partners. Yeah, they were kept apart until that scene to to sort of up the authenticity of oh, it. Oh, that's neat. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of neat little touches. They were trying to make a good movie, and I think they succeeded. It's just yeah wasn't what a lot of people wanted. It's then, you know, looking back through the lens of time, we see what they could have done differently, what they could have changed to make the adaptation better. But at the time, all they had was, you know, like 15 years of spandex grumpy Punisher going, ah, <laughs> jaywalkers. How dare you, bang. <laughs> well, well, in, a, in a similar respect, one of the, the funniest scenes in the movie, at least for me, is when, like, he's like, okay, I'm on patrol. When he jumps through the... The ceiling light of like this back alley like casino and it's like illegal gambling is wrong. Do, 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 blows <laughs> this place away. God, that seemed well, like inexplicably no one gets hit except for like you know a couple of like baddies. But just like I'm gonna shoot all these like 
ping pong machines. Well, you gotta I remember, don't know, Punisher. I, I think you're virtue signaling. You got to remember why he did that, though. That was a point in the movie. At that point, the kids of the mafioso had all been kidnapped. So he drops in because this is a Yakuza club. He shoots it up and says, uh, every day that the kids aren't returned is going to cost you money. That's why he leaves the one alive. And the people in there enjoying the casinos and shit, they're not guilty of being punished. They're just there. That's why he only shot the bad guys. And well, then well no, I, I get that, but it's still just funny. It's like, when you, when you, when you take it out of content, it's just like, gambling <laughs> bad, but You know, that, that scene reminded me of something, and I wanted to bring it up. Um, the original, that is, Walking Tall came out way before this, right? Yeah. Uh, the, that casino scene gave me some Walking Tall vibes, and I I, I dug it. It wasn't yeah. like you know him swinging a two by four. It was him with a machine gun, but you know, yeah, still. Yeah, no, a giant machine gun, <laughs> giant <laughs> that never runs out of ammo. Stay he had low. a full belt. He had a full belt on it. It's fine. Yeah. But it's like, and if I remember correctly, like a majority of the casino firefight was like the opening credits. Yeah, they just movie. kept reusing the casino <laughs> firefight and putting the credits over it with different like color filters. It was. It reminded me of the old, um, the the old '66 Batman movie. A little bit. I liked it. Very I colorful. Very light. I was thinking kind of like how like artsy and fluid the early James Bond intros could be, and yeah. it's it it very that. Um, I, I, another funny action sequence to me is when Dolph rescues the kids, and he's just like, they can, he just you know the bus kids. He's just rubbernecking this giant ass like city bus <laughs> through the. Through the town, and then like the kids are like, "Ew, get away!" And they're like trying to, they're like biting the fingers of whites. The yakuza trying to climb in the And then he gets run the fuck over after they pry his fingers off the oh, windowsill. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. That looked awesome. He got really mashed. <laughs> God, and I'm sorry. I mean, we we briefly mentioned it earlier, but the same shot that was used twice, that fucking rail camera shot right up his hole. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, yep. There was a lot of butt in these movies. Yeah. Between Van Damme and Lunger, there was there were butt in I, I have to say. Van Damme does have the better ass. That, Still, that's objective. I, I disagree with you. And like I'm, I'm pretty straight, right? But let Lundgren, it just looks better. That sounds like Facebook. I mean, a, a Twitter poll to me. <laughs> yeah, All right, that's uh, the best ass. Can, <laughs> you can I, do I'm that. Firmly yeah. in the Van Damme. Pat, Van Damme. <laughs> you gonna throw that up on Twitter? I'll put it up on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's gonna have like two votes. <laughs> it's gonna be split down the middle. <laughs> Just like the asses. <laughs> Perfectly round with a slight crack. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good Don't time. Don't let the doorknob bit you with a good lord split you. I think you. we're gonna take a quick break, uh, <laughs> and we'll come back with the next two to three movies. We'll get all of them in. It's just, you know, how many breaks in between. Chunker, so, bonker. Uh, enjoy the same damn commercials you've heard every other Rob's time. Rob's Review. <laughs> I recorded one while I was here the other day. Did you? No, I wish no, I did. That'd that be was a great. good idea. Yeah, you should have done that. Should've we should have done that. Yeah, we probably should have. That was uh, a golden like opportunity. He's, he's, uh, he's got a lot of free time these days. I need to get him to record something. You know, it, it would have been a good time to, to record with them like when he brought us down here to watch that <laughs> Taint music video. Why did, He always wants people to watch and these he, he was videos. really hey. eager. It's like, hey guys, check out these Taints. It's like, he, it was a, a new Sabaton video. It's like, okay, I listen to the oh, Sabaton. God. I like some of their songs. And then it, the whole movie is just like tank porn. I'm like, yeah. he likes tank, tanks and ants. He loves them. 
Uh, but no, like we should get him down here Wednesday when we watch wrestling. We'll see if he wants to come over. He probably won't, but still. We'll say we shot. ended up having a conversation about uh, Disturbed and the album Ten Thousand Fists, and he mentioned a song, and I was just like, man, I can think. It's like he was name a better song off that album, and I was like, hmm, Sons of Plunder, and he um, his eyes lit up so hard, and it was so happy. <laughs> he wanted to do he and I he wanted to do karaoke Sons of Plunder, the both of us, but we just never got to it. Fair One day, Rob. We're I, know, I really wanted the character. I was really jonesing to do Bulletproof by Godsmack. <laughs> yes! I mean, New metal karaoke. <laughs> we can always set up the karaoke for Liz's birthday party. Yeah. Coming that soon. sounds like a fucking blasty blast to me. Yep. I All right. Stand alone. We're actually taking a break now. Yes. We'll break be time. right back with more Check. Dolph. Pee pee, poo poo. Thank you for listening to Caging Greatness. If you enjoy what you're hearing, stay tuned for the second half of tonight's show. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the show financially, find our merch store at tpublic.com slash user slash caging greatness or just send us money we appreciate money enjoy the rest of the show and never let anyone cage your greatness Welcome back. Thank you for enjoying that commercial. Probably the same one that we've played several times. Don't worry, you'll hear the other one before the show is over. Is it the dee 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 or the... Uh, it's either... Go- like the first one will probably be the, uh, the, the, the classical one. And then the second one will be the Benny Hill theme one. Yeah. The car salesman one. I really like the one where it slowly gets creepier and creepier and creepier. One with the um. Oh yeah, I need to replay that one. That at some point. one's a fun one. Or I we like save it for that. Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could make season. something even creepier by Halloween. Yeah, make some spooky. And don't make me shit my fucking pants. <laughs> He's got doo doo in his drawers right now. Oh god, I'm already shit. We haven't. Even, we got three more movies to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, <Pat>. So. <laughs> <laughs> So for our third movie, wow. we're going to Masters of the Universe. Yes. Jonathan, yes. break some hearts. Mm. What'd you give it? <laughs> break some farts. I am trying to remember. Shat some sharks. I think I gave it a two. That's correct. I gave it a two. I think that might be a little harsh. I think I, it was, I think sir. I'm going to bump it up to a two. I don't think that's harsh. I think oh, it's considered, super harsh. I mean, I gave it a heart. I thought it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's a it's a fun, <laughs> good, not good movie. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it has that like late 80s fantasy, which is, I love that shit. It's like, like a shitty labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I, I've taken issue recently with describing movies as good, even if like are good or not good. Like especially if like it's terrible, but I loved it. Like it wasn't good, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Doesn't that like I could see like it's not well made or it has issues, but like describing it as good, it brought joy. So therefore, it is good. It's a good movie. 
Yeah, but but I mean, it's just I don't know. Just, you can enjoy dog shit though. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, mean, dogs enjoy dog shit. So. Yeah, very, too much so. In <laughs> fact, I, it's it's a problem. I, I mean, there there's some like glaring issues that the movie has, like. Like, like how the plot's kind of nonsensical, but or Dolph's sword falls off his back. <laughs> Lack of duct tape, motherfucker. That God. was just a, a production <laughs> issue. Yeah. I'm just saying. I spent so many years, especially during high school, in a shitty, shitty Christian school full of shitty, pretentious assholes. So many years being like, "Well, this is better than this. It's clearly good." I just, I don't want to be that guy anymore. You know, like I. Oh, there there is a bigger conversation that we had about like the whole like whole so bad it's good. Like, there's definitely been people trying to push back against that. Like, if you enjoy a movie, if it makes you happy, if it gives you an enjoyment, then it it should be considered good, regardless of the fact that it's like a conventionally well made movie by by sort of like a traditional rubric. But then, like I, I think about stuff like that, and then on the other hand, though, the fanatic, oh, so or, or the room, <laughs> so yeah, like it's it's I like, don't know it's, the it's, room. That movie is fucking awful. It's bad. However, it's fun to watch and yeah. is a great time. So I don't know. It's just it's I've I've been trying for years now to figure out the best way to 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 describe and say this sort of thing because it never sits right with me. And then sometimes it feels per like, you know, I don't think we should call any movie bad. And then I'll watch The Fanatic. I'm like, well, fuck. Mm. Whoever said we shouldn't call any movie bad? No, I was like, this, this is what I'm thinking. Just because, like, we'll get to it in the ratings, but. I mean, I get movies are really, really hard to make. Yeah, movies are subjective. That being said, there are some really bad ones. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but in, a, in a similar way, there's no such thing as a 0% disapproval rating there's there's no such thing as 100 there, there'll never be anything so bad or so good that every single person universally approves or disapproves that will never happen never please them all yeah and you'll never disapprove of every single person but it, it's it is sort of and i've been in a similar mindset as shimmy like the older i've gotten the less confident i've gotten in saying like this is objectively bad this is but then like what is that rubric who's who can say that who has the right to say that i think it's just sort of you have to kind of treat each movie as an individual yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and you also have to sort of judge it on its own terms and what it's trying to achieve yeah and, and like there were some like genuine things about the movie i didn't really care for like it's definitely like a movie, even though I enjoyed it for the most part. Like I'm not hankering to get see anytime soon. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but like that factors in how much does rewatchability factor into a movie being good or not? Because Schindler's List is well, well, a phenomenal make- film that I never want to fucking see again. Well, yeah, but that, that I think like something like Schindler's List or uh, any movie like that where it's hard to watch, like Old Boy or whatever, mm-hmm. something you don't want to watch every day. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I feel like that's different than just like a movie that's just like, okay, that that was a fun time, but then you know, don't really come back to it like other yeah. things. I don't know. I suppose, I suppose it would be a good like larger episode to deconstruct the idea of film criticism <laughs> entirely. But for tonight, Dolph Lundgren has a big ass sword, <laughs> and Jonathan gave it two stars and a heart. Yes, because he thought it was badly made, but he had fun. Yeah. Okay. Pat. Yes. What did you think? 
I, I will He-Man. say this uh, was the bottom of my pile, but that didn't isn't to say I didn't enjoy really? myself. Um, this was my least favorite, but I didn't hate it. Although it is, it may just say two and a half on my letterbox, but I have a little heart by it. Um, there is a late 80s charm to the movie that I really do appreciate. Like, there's something about, like, go get them teenagers, like, running through the neighborhood of their, like, small town and, like, just getting into shit and, like, oh, there's, like, these alien fantasy people that we're involved with. Like, there's something about that free-range, like, exploration and adventure in, like, late 80s film that I just kind of have a an, an affection for. And I feel like you, you get a bit of that in this movie because I, I, there's definitely some feelings I had. It's like, I like this, the kind of the wackiness of it. I think kind of where the movie loses me is that I wasn't just like super compelled with the story and there is just a thing in the 80s movies where they knew how to make shit ugly as <laughs> fuck. <laughs> God damn. You're not yeah, wrong. It's not wrong yeah. at all. Yeah, that little like <coughs> goblin, gremlin, go- uh, goomba thing that was uh, like, oh, this will be a suitable replacement for Orko. It, it we lo- gotta get back to the past. It's just like it, it was. It looked like a turd with hair. It was. How dare you insult Gildor like that? And it's uh, well, he appearance. looks like a giant fucking patch of acne. <laughs> and like his weird like cheat jowl things that come off his face. It's. They didn't come off his face. That's just where his beard ended. It, 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 it was, was just poorly put together. I uh, disagree with that on a spiritual level. <laughs> but I will say uh, I do appreciate the as very struggled as they were to like keep this movie on track and on budget. I will say like the sets design is incredible. Like the actual winter inside. Uh, Snake Mountain's castle, Skeletor's like lair, that looks great. Like yeah. that, that's probably the best looking part of the of the movie. It's yeah. Just oh like, yeah, for sure. It's just a shame that they weren't able to really explore anything else outside of that because they just had no money outside of that. They just kind of blew the whole budget because they didn't have a lot of money to start with. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the scenes in Attorney look fucking great. Yeah. But yeah, it's well, just most like. Of them. You have this probably like mid-sized blockbuster in the late 80s as sort of this thing was starting to wane a little bit. And it's like, it feels like this is trying to cash in on labyrinth, a little bit of like labyrinth success and, you know, of course, Star Wars, like the comparisons are... It wasn't really trying to cash in on those. It took a lot of inspiration from those. It was cashing in on the wildly successful toy line and animated show. Well, it, well it was, that's what it's based off of. Yeah, no, the, like the show and the toys weren't as much those things as the movie was. I mean, there, there's definitely like some like sci-fi and like lasers and tech and He-Man, but like this is definitely skewed more towards Star Wars in a certain respect in terms of like oh, its yeah, design. Because yeah. the, the show and the, the toy line, they didn't really have guns as much. No, like the I, guns were not a big part of it. But like, like they, He-Man uses his gun more than his sword. Yeah, yeah, like that was a movie thing. So it like, was, I'd even go as far as to say, like, I noticed that like the bad guys' guns had like red lasers mostly, and the good guys had like blue and green and yeah. like lighter colors coming out of their pistoles. <clears throat> oh yeah, there was definitely influence. 
I just, I just wouldn't say they were trying to cash in. I mean, this is kind of well on those influences. A good, good bit after, but like I think it's and it's it's a it's a fine movie. Like even though I gave it two and a half, doesn't mean like oh this is a stinker. But like it's it's on it's on it's on the lowest end for me. But it's not in any way like a bad ride. Mm. It just for me, it just kind of like it wasn't as high as the heights as the rest. That's fair. I'm surprised you didn't put it higher than Universal Soldier, though. Honestly, I don't. There, I think there's just something I, I had more fun in general and overall with Universal Soldier. It's just like I definitely kind of felt myself tuning out in the a good bit in Masters of the Universe. That's fair. Canon, how yes. about you? Well, um, <clears throat> from the guy who let me borrow his VHS tape of Swordfish and gave me shit about enjoying it, <laughs> came a VHS that had Masters of the Universe on it and another movie after it, which I'll get to later. <laughs> I wore this movie the fuck out when I was a kid. I, I, can, I remember it plain as day. I'm at my grandparents' house right now, right? I'm... Um, uh, my, my grandmother, she kept kids for a living. She's downstairs keeping some kids. I'm in their bedroom with the TV set up. I pop that damn thing in the VCR combo TV. Ooh. I had one, too. Oh, man. It's the height of luxury. Good shit right there. And I would just... I've probably seen this movie more times than I would like to admit. Granted, I, there's no way of me going back and counting how many times, but if I had to hazard a guess, it's definitely in the high double digits like I know that's a broad spectrum but probably it could be anywhere from 11 to 99 at least (laughs) at least 30 at least like no bullshit I fucking watched the hell out of this movie front and back um watching it again now first time in years uh shit we've said already all this the set design for Eternia right is that it yeah uh, I have to go off saying I didn't watch the cartoons, didn't read any of the comics, didn't know shit. This was literally the only He-Man property that I that I had and watched back and forth. Only thing I knew to go by. That being said, all of those shots, the setup for that was great. And if done right, I mean, then have to necessarily be done right in most cases. But like putting uh, characters in a scenario that they're like not used to at all, you know, it can be a good bit sometimes. And that happens here. Fucking. Oh, wow. These are rib bones. They come from animals. Fuck off. That's, that was still (laughs) stupid. Um, the costume designs were great. Set designs were great. Um, fucking, uh, Skeletor. Fantastic. Best part of the movie. Best part. Best part of the whole fucking movie. Fantastic. Um, what I'm trying to say is this movie is, um, you know, it's Star Wars, it's Labyrinth, it's, <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings, it's fucking, it's Willow, it's Willow, it's, it's, <laughs> it's lasers and swords falling off your back. The and, Dark Crystal. And fucking, oh my God, let's not talk about the, the lack of fighting in this movie. When I said, when we watched this movie, it's literally like somebody with the old school He-Man toys and just smooshing them together. <laughs> I don't think fucking Dolph Lundgren throws a punch. Now, I know he shoots a laser gun the whole time. He does throw a guy. He does throw a guy, but it's almost just like there's like just people running into each other the whole time. And then there's that sword staff fight at the end. Yeah. 
And, and, and oh yeah. What, what I thought was crazy about that is that they had officially run out of money to at, at that point. Like Ludo the director put up his own cash to film that last scene. That that's why it's shot so much differently. Mm-hmm. Because like they they had to get what they could with the money he could scrape together to get that just to have an ending to the movie. Uh, long story short, I enjoyed myself. But it did get two and a half and a heart. That's fair. Again, I, I don't. I'm not going to say I disagree with with that mindset. I. It's not my mind. Like and I've said it several times. Like I'm. I'm not rating these movies based on, you know, how technically proficient I think they are or, or anything like that. I'm rating them like how much I like the movie. That's the, the rating I give it. Yeah. I adore this movie. Now, yeah, some of it's slow. Courtney Cox is terrible. The the kid playing her boyfriend, also not great. She completely forgot he was a thing. Yeah, like there's a good chunk of this movie that's boring as shit. Yeah. But to me, especially through the lens of nostalgia, because I was a He-Man fan. I wasn't a huge He-Man fan, but I was enough of a He-Man fan. Mm-hmm. Like, you come up with G.I. Joe, I don't give a shit, right? But He-Man, I had several VHSs of He-Man, and I wore those fuckers out. Like the cartoon, I had the toys... So for me, like even though a lot of it is slow, a lot of it's clunky, a lot of it's boring, like the highs of the movie, the the attorney design, the the fights, the I have the power, all that shit, right? It, I love this movie. It's five stars. I love this movie. I I will never apologize for that. Yeah, I, I adore the movie. It makes me happy. You don't have to apologize for liking bad movies, Justin. It's okay. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Fuck we, you. He's like you don't have to apologize, Jim, but happen, it'd be good if you would. I happen to really enjoy this bad movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I, I gave it five stars. Yeah, I love this movie. I respect the hell out of that review. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Uh, this is probably um, my least favorite longer performance out of the bunch. He was, a, yeah, he had to be pretty white bread on this one. Like the rest of them, yeah. he could do characters and stuff, but He Man is He Man. He's big and strong and charming, and Lundgren was big and strong and charming. Mm. But Frank Langella as Skeletor. Mm, that's where the real meat and potatoes lie. Such a good fucking performance. That, that is that is why you watch this movie. It's like in Street Fighter. Um, Raul for, Julia. Yeah, Raul Julia. Yeah. That's why you watch. It, this is why you watch this. It's for Skeletor. But in, in, the, in a similar way, Frank Langella, he took the role because his... His kid, his son, son loved, loved um, Brad's the fun. property, and it's like, yeah, I'll take it. And he he always really wanted to do like a really just hammy scene chewing villain, and he ate every morsel of the set. And you would think if someone of an actor of his caliber, he'd be like, uh, this was a, this was a shame. I don't like to talk about this tawdry film. No, he lights up John every time Cusack. he talks about this. Like he thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> himself. Yeah, like John said, fuck you, John Cusack. <laughs> Eat a dick, John Cusack. <laughs> Feud continues. <laughs> Fuck oh, that John guy. John Cusack, why do you just hate he is the John things you're in? Much worse <laughs> than fucking Connery. Yeah, Bush. half yeah. of that filmography is worse than Masters of the Universe. Like some of the direct-to-DVD shit yeah. he's done. Fuck that, that guy. That is very true. But um, yeah, if Clive, uh, if John Cusack was so good, I would confuse him with Clive Owen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, but yeah, fucking, oh, the oily, oily Lundgren. Uh, I really dug the costume design. You're talking about uh, the little 
short guy. I'm sorry, the weird turd guy with the like the white fro long hair, the lizard turd man. No. I don't remember names. <laughs> no, no the, like the little like gremlin like magic man is like I built a celestial key. No, 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 not him. I'm talking about yeah, the more part. Yeah, the one. So right, my man, so right, that didn't deserve none of that shit. <laughs> he got fucking obliterated. The by one that was like, tear this place apart. The no-nose motherfucker. Yeah, the, the weird looking with the white hair. Yeah. It was created just for the movie. Guy. Oh, man. Oh, he wasn't a He-Man character? No, Not they made him for the movie. That's Karg. Oh, man. Karg. Oh, oh, Karg. I did recognize that real beastly hairy uh, uh Thing, yeah, though. Beast Man, yeah. <laughs> Beast Man? <laughs> well, why? Yeah. He was much brighter red in the cartoon. That weird Deathstroke slash Super Shredder. Blade. Slash, yeah. Yeah. Blade. I know, I know <laughs> when I read that, he was like, he was a legitimate, like, trained sword specialist. And they, they, he was really doing his best to, to help the action <laughs> the best he could throughout the film. <clears throat> So yeah, overall, like the the set design is great. Like, obviously, we think you should all watch everything we're talking about today. Yeah. Definitely watch Masters of the Universe oh, I, before yeah. we fucking. That was the one I was most hyped for because mm-hmm. I had not seen it since I was a kid, and I know I fucking loved it as a kid. I still love the movie. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but you know what I was pretty hyped for, and I'm glad that I, I remembered it in time to squeeze it in. Uh-huh. Our next film on the docket. The one that I think we were loudest for. The one that <laughs> took you guys by surprise. Oh, I was very surprised by this movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's talk about the classic film starring Brandon Lee. R.I.P. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Jonathan. <laughs> we're gonna start with you as always I do not like the look I was given uh, I will say similar to Masters of the Universe I felt kind of similar feelings however this movie has a lot more charm than Masters of the Universe if like for the dick line alone I was like okay even my heart grew three sizes that day uh, I think I'm going to raise it, probably raise it to a three. Okay. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but I, I had a really good time with this. And even though it was kind of like big trouble in a little China, but worse. Is this is like the dollar tree version of big, <laughs> big trouble in little China. The, the great value <laughs> version. The we have big trouble in little China at home, son version. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, three stars. Oh, nice, Patrick. Yes, um, your review shocked the hell out of me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I would have to say the movie did a queer bit of shocking on, on my end. Let me tell you there, brother. Because um, just to start the movie off, okay, I, I'm getting like this is a chintzy kind of like goofy '80s, you know, beat him up. And then as the movie progressed, it just got more and more insane. <laughs> and I, I, there's like so many times I was like, no, ma'am, <laughs> he did not do that. You audibly screamed that several times. Yeah. And then like when we're in the when we're in the throes of the climax, I'm just like, bitch, I'm here. Take me <laughs> away. <laughs> And by the, by the, was in the throes of the climax. Yeah, the throes of the climax. <laughs> Tia Carrera. 
<laughs> she was a climaxing baby, let me tell you. But uh, yeah, I by the time the movie's over, I was like, I was pumped up. Hell fucking yeah. This movie is balls to the wall, just like sack to chin insane. And I gave this movie four stars. <laughs> This is definitely like in the top 30% rating of any movie that we've watched on this show. Uh, uh, Canon. All right. I, uh, we use this, we use this phrase a lot, but when you brought this movie up, when you name dropped it, it opened up a portal in my brain a doorway that hasn't been walked through in many, many years. My best friend back in high school told me about this movie. And the only thing that I remember, and this is part of my review. I'm good. I'm just going to read my review right now from Letterboxd at that Canon guy on Letterboxd. Uh, I think time for plugs. <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. Fuck it. I started with the quote from the film. Spoilers. If we're killed, I just want you to know, you have the biggest dick I've seen on a man. <laughs> that line was the only thing I knew about this movie since high school. And I know you hate the sentiment, but this movie is terrible, but also fucking brilliant. It comes full circle. I had a fantastic time. We will get into it. I have a lot to say about this one. I, too, gave it Four fucking stars. Oh, yeah. I, I feel pretty certain we'll be talking about this one for the next 20 minutes or so. This will be what we do until the next break. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I, I had a great time. <laughs> made me sad, though, because it made me want more Brandon Lee. I really yeah. like... This is my first movie I've seen Brandon Lee, and I really liked him in it. Yeah, he was really... He was super-duper charming. Uh, like, The Crow... Everyone's like, The Crow was a great movie. The Crow's fine, like... Fuck off. Well, whatever. He, he's very, he's very dour. I feel like this yeah. kind of like gives him more freedom than like he feel like he's a little hamstrung by like yeah. this movie in his like I guess his memory now. It's like Bruce. Everybody remembers Bruce Lee for being you know Bruce Lee, but people forget how charming he was, and his son absolutely inherited that. Yeah, like he's not in the movie a lot. He doesn't say a lot in this movie, but he's charming as fuck. And like he's he's the like he's just one giant walking smirk, and he's great. It made it made me wish that there was more Brandon Lee in it, and like he's ostensibly the, the the secondary protagonist, but like he's still he's he's out of focus for the uh, a fair amount of the film. But I do appreciate when he's there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I watched this movie when I was a kid because again, a lot of a lot of the movies from the 90s that we talk about, I have the same origin story for. It was like, I was browsing Blockbuster and I saw the cover of this one. <laughs> and I saw the cover. And I was like, oh my God, that's Ivan Drago. Because I love Ivan Drago, which we'll get into after the next break, I think. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I watched it and for like, I watched, that was like eight, eight or nine, I think. And the only thing I remembered for seven years was the scene where they're in the Japanese club and people are eating sushi off of the naked women. Because, you know, I'm eight, and those are boobs. There are a lot of boobs. So, so much boob. In this movie. So much boob. Now, I'll get into why I think there are so many boobs in this movie. But <laughs> oh, you yeah. do have theories. So that was the only thing I remember until I was like 15, and I saw it again uh, in a uh, movie gallery, and I, I got it, and I was like, oh, my God. I love this movie. I forgot how insane it was. And so we're like doing Dolph. And I'm like, oh, I should have. 
like I put the four that we did because the Van Damme was a good way to segue. Punisher, Master of the Universe, I had the DVDs for. <clears throat> and then Rocky Four is goddamn Rocky Four, and that's what we're going to watch if everything else gets canceled, by God. And then I was like, well, hang on, we got time now. We'll push everything back. That's why we had a week break. Yep. So we're going to throw in Showdown in Little Tokyo. It's like an hour 20 at tops. I love this yeah, movie. It's a very short movie, too. They edited, like, there was a, the film they, they did, the script was, and I'll get to my rating in a second. It's going to be ridiculously high. Everybody knows that already. <clears throat> um, they, the script they had was darker. What they filmed was darker. The studio didn't like it, so they hired somebody else to edit it down to make it lighter and funnier. And they didn't like that. It was too long, so they cut it down even more. But I love this movie. It's completely batshit insane ridiculous. Four and a half stars. The only reason it's not five stars is because it's too damn short. <laughs> you give me another 10, 15 minutes of the crazy <laughs> shit we saw, 12 stars. Or, or just like some more like buddy stuff with, with Dolph and Brandon. Like I, I, I like their rapport. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. Although you can think, you can look back like eh, there's, there's, there's some aspects of the plot to their like relationship that's like... This is a little questionable in 2021. But oh, 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 like how Dolph, a white man, is explaining to Brandon Lee his own culture. Okay, so Dolph Lundgren's character is raised in Japan, and Brandon Lee was not raised in Japan in the movie. So Dolph is telling him about Japanese culture because they're fighting the Yakuza. Yes. Uh, He's supposed to be Japanese in this movie, right? Yeah, uh, in this movie they say his mom was Japanese, yes. And his dad was very, 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 very Caucasian. So the opposite of real life. The very opposite of real life. Yeah. Uh, the main villain, played by Shang Tsung himself, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> fantastic. Classic. Fantastic yeah. actor. Uh, and the, the lead female is Tia Carrera. Yeah. So much like in Wayne's World, she sings and she's pretty. And that's about it. Yeah. Party time, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's kind of all she's given to do. Yeah, I mean, they hired her to be Abraham Lincoln, and here we are, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, she has she had a stovepot. Oh, stove been, hat. I haven't seen those movies yeah. in so long. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that took me by surprise, too. I was like, wait, what? This, this, yeah. That's a hell of a pun just to throw out in the middle <laughs> yeah, of yeah, like that. There's a lot to unpack in that statement. <laughs> it's Wayne's well, is reference. this like the sexy version of George Lucas? Oh, oh man. Fuck off. <laughs> I want I want to knock this out just because it's the first fucking thing. The ti- the title the opening title sequence, best one we've had in the Lundgren off. It was very good. Like the damn just like the cutout whole uh, light coming through the shot on the fucking titty meats of a yakuza mm-hmm. showdown a little tokyo right then and there god damn it you would have thought this was a wrestling pay-per-view it looks so good <laughs> it was good yeah no Abraham lincoln is what they called her in wayne's world which is the movie that i was speaking about and then referenced yeah. wayne's world cool which means i was cool. wrong we're at like 82 percent of my childhood because <laughs> you know wayne's world we should we should watch that. I, yeah, I, yeah, I've I'd seen s- those. It's been a while. I remember enjoying the fuck out of them. Like I said, it's good stuff. I would love to uh, go down that rabbit hole again because it's been a long time. I was like a literal <laughs> child the last time I saw these, so I don't remember shit. Well, we'll have to do that for a special episode. Yes, yeah, special Wayne's <laughs> World. So yeah, um, somebody named Wayne on the actual show. Do we know any cool people named Wayne? No, I don't know anybody named Wayne Me or either. Garth. Yeah. Same. My uncle was named Wayne. My dad's named Wayne. 
but my uncle's dead. And I, I, I'm pretty sure my dad would uh, not understand this. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, now, son, what are you doing? Now, so Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> the evil person played by uh, Shang Tsung. Kerry Takagawa, uh, Ta- <laughs> Kerry Tagawa, uh, killed Shang his Tsung. parents, right? Yes. He's just a mere baby samurai. I love how the Shang Tsung like started off as a ninja and then Pokemon evolved into a Yakuza. (laughs) So yeah, and like how I just love like how just fucking Wolverine this fucking movie. It's like oh god, because like like Logan Wolverine in the comics, he is a. Fucking weeb. Yeah, like he—he he is a Canadian <laughs> five foot four sack of muscle and hair. But like he's his love of his life was in Japan, and so like literally every like little room he has in X Mansion is like a fucking like traditional Japanese house. And it's like it's it's just silly when you think about it. Like he's a fucking like he drinks ramune, <laughs> eats pocky, say itatakimas when he has like his like little fucking ramen cup. I mean, yeah, Wolverine's a weeb, but that 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 like Claremont miniseries is pretty good. It's very. I mean, good. It, it it has its charm, but also you have to look at how silly it is. <coughs> oh yeah, most definitely, he's a fucking weeb. But so like Dolph Lundgren is very is very that in this movie. Like he literally very has like, that. oh, we gotta get out of here, my cabin in the woods. And, like it's like a cabinet, so like a puddle of water, and it's just like a little like traditional Japanese house. So Dolph and Brandon are partners with the, in the police force, uh, unwilling partners. The Yakuza show up, and they've got to fight the Yakuza and rescue Tia Carrera from the bad guys. And that's the plot. I just told you the entire plot. Yeah. That's it. That's Pretty all that's it. going on. So just to get everyone up to speed. And then, did we get, did you see uh, one of the early parts of the film where uh, Angel, one of the prostitute informants, uh, it's at this crazy party where they have just bowls of crack rocks. Yeah, that you can so just, much uh, crystal meth. That you can finger at your pleasure. Yeah, I I did a fucking double take while we were watching because there's a scene where the camera's like going through a party and she is just like smoking, obviously crack. At a, well, no, it's meth, right? It was crystal meth. Yeah, yeah. crystal meth. At, just openly at this party, and I'm just like, wait, is she smoking? At, Smoking meth at this party. <laughs> she, she she got hit that bump of crystal. I was just like, God <laughs> damn! I thought the eighty. Well, no, this was still the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, this is like early nineties, so early like it's 90s. still practically the eighties. Same year, uh, Samurai Cop. We'll get to that later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this there was a, so much ridiculous in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like the angel gets her head chopped off. God, that was like like Shang Tsung starts fucking her, right? Because she was she was ratting out, uh, like she was informing one of the guys they wanted to take over the business from. So he's yeah. got her from behind, and he's just going, and then he, he gets handed a sword because there's eight goons around him, and just fucking lops her head off, and it shifts to this cut of what is clearly a uh, a mannequin head. He just baseball bats off with the yeah. sword, but it's the quickest fucking ridiculous cut and we howled. Yes. Like, I wasn't expecting like yeah. her, her ass to get knocked off like a Barbie doll's yeah. head. God, God. It, it, it almost like the sound effect accompanying it should have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I'm not going to lie, even though it didn't give off the effect that I feel like they were trying to convey because, I mean, no, 
If it were me, you know, head's coming off, right? It's a sword. But uh, the way it happened, even sometimes, even if it's like a dummy, like obviously a fake thing, even in the right lighting, the right makeups, the right effects, that shit can look pretty like gnarly. And even just that quick cutaway alone made it look like... Oh God! I mean, that was still kind of brutal. Uh, yeah. We all screamed. We re- yeah, we, we rewound yeah. it to scream again. Like, it only, ah! Yeah, that, that, that's a good point because it only really looks silly to us when we rewound it to show Liz. Yeah, yeah. Because like the first one was like, "Oh God, that was your head." The second one was like, "Oh my God, that's a dummy." Yeah. <laughs> they they got they got that mannequin from fucking Sears robot. <laughs> I want five mannequins, please. I mean, not to call back too far, but just two seconds. Uh, There was a moment in Universal Soldier where uh, Dolph Lundgren did that to somebody, and it was just a quick cut to a mannequin, just broke, and it was obviously a mannequin. It was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when he shoved the one scientist's head down on the needle, it was clearly rubber. Yeah. But still, it was good. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, uh, showdown Little Tokyo. Yeah, Brandon Lee... Uh, stole the show mm-hmm. in this movie to me. Like even, oh yeah, even like it's like I had only I have only seen to my knowledge with him in it, The Crow. That's the only movie that I've seen with him in it other than this now. And I thought he was super charming. Even if I didn't know who he was, I feel like just his facial expressions, his mannerisms, the thing he did, it was just like, wow, why is kind of acting like Bruce Lee a little bit sometimes. You know what I mean? He, he definitely yeah. embodies his father's spirit in a lot of ways. Like, he's a fantastic yeah. martial artist in his own right. And like, mm-hmm. I thought he was very charismatic in this film. Like, and it just, again, it made me sad because uh, I know he's done more than just The Crow in this film. It's like but four things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and a very tragic callback to his father. Like, widely beloved but still a very small sampling of what he could do before he was his life was taken yeah, that, yeah. that's true yeah yeah like there's a scene before they go into the uh, i think it's before they go into the bathhouse where uh brandon lee bends over and does that like standing straight up but touching your fucking ankles with your feet uh, like your with your nose and shit stretch something i will never do in like a yeah. million years no that, that bruce lee always used to do i was like oh that's a pang of sadness oh god God. And like, uh, granted, I've never seen Samurai Cop, but I've seen enough uh, videos on YouTube about the movie (laughs) to where I feel like I've seen every fucking frame. (laughs) And I don't know which one came out first. I know these two came out in the same year, but holy shit. (laughs) It's just... It's it's just like a white guy who just like... (laughs) It's like apparently this like... (laughs) <laughs> like samurai master and at the same time just not because if i remember correctly in samurai cop he's like oh he's fluent in japanese but then when he's talking about a suspect name a suspect's name he's just like who is like a uh, uh nuga chagawawa whoever whoever's name was and it was just like oh uh, yeah definitely fluent in japanese <laughs> <laughs> i mean dolph lundgren speaks japanese in this movie yeah yeah. I mean, oh, I'm not saying he yeah. didn't. Like, well, Dolph is multilingual. Yes, yeah, he's a very accomplished man. Yes, he is. Oh, a man of any skill, he's a regular Renaissance man. I feel, yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to get my hands on Samurai Cop and make us watch it for an episode <laughs> at one point. That'd be yes. uh, that'd be a funny and bit. There is a sequel starring, co-starring Tommy Wiseau. I don't like anything about the statement you just made. <laughs> uh, now I think it's time to get to the brass tacks of the movie. Is that this movie? tries 
Showdown in Little Tokyo, not Samurai Cop 2. So it, yes. it tries valiantly <laughs> the Matrix. to convince you that Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee are the most heterosexual <laughs> men on the face of the earth. No, they gay! And no. th- nothing could be further from the truth. But but Dolph and Tia Carrera have the sex. Yeah, and then what? It doesn't it, throw off no. the not gay no, no, no. vibes. It wasn't really her. It was it was it was the stunt titties that he had sex with. <laughs> it wasn't really. Her. No, it turns out it was just Brandon Lee in a wig. There's like a oh. shot, shot where they're in a hot tub and like she she gets up and like. I believe, like, disrobes. Yeah. Can't see the face, so we're no. all just like, nah, that ain't her. You know, her <laughs> face is very, very obviously obscured. Yeah. Yeah, didn't <clears throat> didn't get the Halle Berry titty money for that movie, so she's like, nah, no. bring in the stunt titties. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> but it's just so funny, because, like, they uh, they have, a, like, a, a genuine chemistry that that is, like, un, like palpable in the film. Yeah. But then, like, the way the movie is, like, written in just, like, their own sort of, like, a rapport, it comes off as like really more than they just friends. Yeah. And like, there's just all this like m- macho posturing. It's like, oh yeah, we love girls. We love tits. We get done with this mission. We're going to eat fish off naked women. And it just seems so forced. Like, there's just so much <laughs> in the movie that feels like they should be fucking. Not him and like, the, this girl he's trying to rescue. Like, <laughs> like when, when they were doing, like, I was kind of surprised how fucking horny doll fucking uh the main girl was like okay she's just throwing it back and then i said like brandon lee's like he's just like biting a towel like with his dick in his hand that should have been me (laughs) and actually that that does bring up a point that was the only thing i really didn't like about the movie is the fact that she jumped on dolph like a day after being just brutally raped by, yeah. by the, the main evil Yaku. Like, she was going to kill herself when they rescued her. Yeah. Like, yeah. she was about to commit the... the, the, the Sudoku. Sudoku. Yeah. Sudoku. That's Hari what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Even though, like, it, the way she was doing uh, Seppuku is like, I don't know if there's, like, more than one way, but she's kind of like, I'm going to stab myself in the yeah, neck. Yeah, no, she's going to just jab she, it in her she's throat. She's part of the new way. <laughs> I just know if Rob hears this episode, he's going to be so mad that I stole his bit. <laughs> the Sudoku bit is yours, Rob. There, th- that is his. Uh, shout out to shout to out Rob. to Rob. <laughs> but uh, so was, like, it, I, I just I didn't like that as much. I like it's '90s. It was expected, but that you know, like, even just, then, it's still kind of like it's kind of uh, icky. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we're starting to see less of that now, which I, I appreciate. like. You're, you're such a big man that I just can't help but just throw it back on like your awesome hog <laughs> bam well I mean it is the biggest dick that Brandon Lee's ever Evidently. seen oh man and, but, and, and another thing like I don't know who wrote this movie or if Dolph Lundgren was in cahoots with him but like they fucking shined him up like a diamond like he's super he's superhuman he's the baddest motherfucker got the biggest swinging cod this side of the Mississippi. This bitch a Gary Stu. <laughs> and like, look, the motherfucker flips a goddamn car. He does. Yes. He oh, like, fuck, he does. He just like, whoo. Picks up a fucking car. Just, <laughs> it's like Dolph, it's like Vin Diesel is shaking because he couldn't even do that. God. Like, <laughs> and you see, I, 
I may love I'm, God. Uh, it might be the fact that I also am a sucker for a hell. I guess it doesn't even have to be a good one, but buddy cop movies like mm-hmm. the Lethal Weapon franchise. Love them all to death. Um, Rush Hour, what have you? And I and like this was. I thought this was just they had fun rapport. It was just a dumb like silly back and forth, and. Wowzer Bowser. It, it was and like the then the, then like the finale how he just escalates into like yeah. the absurdity of the action like we we gotta go to the the distillery where they're doing their bad do and then like just wreck up the place and then fucking <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and his fucking Ryu ass headband and then like little <laughs> samurai like overcoat the Japanese war flag headband and full <laughs> street he just like here. Viva Imperial Japan I guess and, and then. <laughs> And then it would be even a bigger pop if they were at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, man. Five this, stars, this movie, Dome. I would have given it at least six stars if it was in the Tokyo, Tokyo Dome. Dome. But yeah. I will say, like, you mentioned earlier, like, you said, what was it? Universal Soldier had, like, almost Neil Breen-esque, like, film making <laughs> yeah, shots. Yeah, before I kind of reeled that Man, <laughs> as much as I love, you see, it, I, I love this movie. I think it's great. That being said, there are, like, so many shots that are just, like, it looks so much grainier than others. It's almost like they use a different kind of film. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, this is like this movie has a lot of great shots, but there's also a lot of bad. I ones. mean, going back to the universe, so there's like a scene where like Homegirl and JCVD are in the car, and then like every time it cuts to him, like it feels like it's a different movie. How jarring! Oh yeah, the, the contrast in the different film shots is, mm-hmm. and just trying to like the physical texture of the film. It's almost like they weren't there the same day. I'm gonna say two different cars. Yeah, yeah probably so. Yeah, more than likely. Uh, but but yeah, like I just loved like the final showdown and the fucking distillery when Brendan Lee's like doing this whole bit where he's re- reading like the one of the hierarchies like Miranda rights as he's just like whooping them and then like all right man I don't want to kill you and then knocks him into a boiling vat of beer and then. <laughs> Throws in a lighter and just like, haha, this will get him. Blows up the goddamn building. Yeah. Like he changes the Miranda Rose. You have the right to die. Yeah, right. And then like, he's like, oh fuck, I didn't mean to blow up everything. <laughs> what a horrible mistake I've made. Gotta run. <laughs> 23 Skidoo. And then the ending during the parade. Where it's just a sword fight. It's a samurai sword fight with katanas <laughs> that ends when Dolph Lundgren stabs, <coughs> stabs Shang Tsung through the abdomen and then throws him by the sword into a giant spinning wheel with fireworks that then inexplicably, like much else in this movie, fucking explodes <laughs> while still wildly spinning. Like it was spinning as it was kicking its feet, the bitch just blew up. And I loved how, like, they just, in just sort of Japanese, like, it was like Spring Festival kind of, like, thing. They were trying to, like, pin it, pin it as. They just, they just y- yanked the swords off the belts of these, like, cosplay samurai. Real-ass swords and just, like, start, like, chopping at each other in the middle of the street. <laughs> and the thing that made me fucking howl for the nth time in this movie is, like, one, it's all said and done. Shang Tsung's been vanquished, sent back to the netherworld. 
And then, like, they're all walking away. It's like, woo, that was an adventure. Then every fucking person <laughs> in Little Tokyo fucking bows to Dolph Lundgren as they walk down you the got street. so mad. I was like, no, ma'am. They are not doing this. So mad. They fucking went there. God. Oh, uh, so good. Oh, uh, Also, I can't believe I forgot this. Uh, his name is Gerald Akamura. Uh, in this movie, he played uh, Hagata, the torturer. Uh-huh. Also, I don't know who he played in Samurai Cop. Also in Samurai Cop. Well, which, well who does he play in this one? Uh, the torturer. Was he the bald-headed guy? Yeah the, one that, yeah, the one that was shocking people, and then Dolph Lundgren like, ripped his arm free and grabbed the guy torturing uh, and then completed the circuit between him and Brandon and just shocked him to death. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot about <laughs> the, uh, the sexy torture scene where... Dolph and Brandon are just inexplicably shirtless tied up to, like, this machine that makes them do really, really big orgasm faces. Yep, super uh, hard we, flexing. Strap them, strap them up to the <laughs> orgasm machine. They're going to bust a nut till they die. Electrical it's acupuncture. Like, it's like, oh, but we're already at 10. Turn it to a Hagao. <laughs> <laughs> but God, God damn it. I, I love this movie. Should have had a sequel. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh... It's a good time. Everyone, this is the movie that if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it for sure. And, and so, even though he, it's like, it's, you know, you know, weird as hell, I thought Dolph Lundgren did pretty good in this movie. <laughs> he was really good. Yeah. Like, he's been good. Like, that's the thing about all the movies we've talked about. He feels like a different character every time. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's a six foot six giant built Swedish man. Yeah. Giga Chad. Yeah. He is a Giga Chad. Whereas like Van Damme always felt like Van Damme. But like Lundgren feels different every time. Yeah. That is true. I, I think of, of he's the, a chameleon. I think I think of the films we watched. This is my favorite Dolph in this movie. Are you That's saying? Fair. Yeah. And not to say like I because I love this one the best. I feel like this is the I feel like the most we get to see of like his personality. Yeah. yeah no, for sure. I I'd agree with that. Yeah, I was almost like half-ass scared to say it, but I feel like this is like my favorite Dolph performance out of the bunch we've seen. No, it's the one where he gets to flex his acting chops the most out of what we watch. I agree. Yes, uh, he's also great in the Expendables, which we did not watch, yes. but you know, take yeah. a, take a gander at that because he was great. Uh, so now we're going to take our final break. Final. Then break. come back probably for like 15, 20 minutes to talk about Rocky Four because that's another one. There's not a lot to say <laughs> outside of. Fucking go watch it. Rocky beats communism. When Justin starts saying how long we're going to be, he's like, I'm ready to fucking go. Let's hurry it along. <laughs> well, oh, is that second wind starting to It's 1130. I'm very tired. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. Oh, yeah. And we'll be right back. Well, hey there, folks. Do you like mugs, T-shirts, phone cases, stickers, wall art, pillows, all sorts of fun things with fun logos? Well, if you do, head on down to tpublic.com slash user slash greatness for all sorts of great merchandise and support your local creators. That's us. Hooray! <laughs> you're a messy. You can summer slam my pussy all you want. <laughs> hey, you're a messy. You know who else? <laughs> what has Auto thought about any of these movies? We haven't asked. He's going to be, you know, very happy. He's just, just going to be just deal with it the whole. <laughs> <clears throat> so now we've come to the one movie I said we were going to watch, if nothing else. The movie that, along with Conan the Barbarian, truly defined my childhood. 
We're going to talk about Rocky Four. Rocky Four to the floor. The movie with five of the greatest montages in film history. And they're all in this movie. I forgot how many fucking <laughs> montage. Like, this movie is just montage. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, there are five. There are five I, montages. I was very surprised how much of this film is just montage. This is montage the movie. Like, literally the entire second act is mostly montage. Yes, and it's incredible. I will. So, and there's I not even that much time in between all the montages. It's no. insane. Well, montage, it's crazy. Montage three and four, there's a separation of about a minute and a half. It's so quick. Oh it's so god. great. Oh god. See, th- this is how you pad out the runtime in like a classy way and not just like this dithering and with like <laughs> you no know, picturesque like landscape shots and just like you know <laughs> poignantly looking off to the to the the space. Just give you some some catchy like synth jams and then like some working out. Fucking montage. Yeah. Fucking montage. So, Jonathan. Yes. What did you think of Rocky 4? Uh, this is the only movie I've seen beforehand, and I have to say, uh, Rocky Four has always been one of my favorites. Um, I remember AMC would all the time do a Rocky marathon. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good stuff. And, and I remember catching, like, right as, like, the robot comes in, <laughs> and, and, you know, which is literally the like, first five minutes of the movie, and, and just... I, I couldn't stop watching. It was like, oh, no, he killed the guy. He killed Apollo. You know, I was, like, super fucking invested. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and even though this movie is... Oh, just in case. <laughs> what? what? If, 1980, if 1985's Rocky Four has eluded you... I love how this is the only movie we've given a goddamn spoiler alert to Apollo for some Creed fucking reason. does get killed. I feel like that's the thing about this movie. Yeah. But, um, y'all just broke my train of thought. Fuck sorry, it. sorry. AMC Marathon, Robot comes in, first scene. I, oh, oh, yeah, even, even though this movie is very much... American propaganda. You got damn right. Yeah. I mean, th- this is also the man who did Rambo 3, which if you know the end to that movie, <laughs> in la, year la, 2021, la, 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 that's, that's kind of yikesy. But not compared to Rambo 5. It, oh, that is very <laughs> true. That, Rambo 5 is just racist. Wait, Rambo, oh, we're to Rambo now? I'm confused. When did we transition to fucking Rambo all of a sudden? <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's not even in those fucking movies. I, I was talking. I didn't know we were doing homework. <laughs> I was talking about in early, earlier edits of Rambo 3, yeah. at the very end of the movie, there's a dedication to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen who ended up uh, splintering off at, uh, and forming the Taliban. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Well, at the time they were against the Russians. That was good enough for us. I've yeah. only seen one Rambo movie. Which one? Uh, I think it was the one that was just called Rambo. Well, that was four. Yeah, that yeah. was four. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one. I've seen. It's not bad. I've seen parts of that one and then uh, the first one. But we're not talking about Rambo. We're yeah, we're not. Rambo. Yeah, another episode. Rocky. <laughs> uh, Rocky four. Oh, oh no, it was. Th- this movie has like the biggest fucking cheese. Just it, it's the '80s incarnate, y- you know James Brown doing "Living in America." Oh, God. Goddamn right, it's my oh, ringtone when man. people call me. Hardest working man in show business. That's my that's my phone. That's my phone noise. I know. I've yeah. heard that. <laughs> like I, I was half expecting, you know, Hulk Hogan's old theme. You know, well, he was in Rocky Three. He was in Rocky Three for like two frames. No, it was like a full 10, 15 minute thing. 
It was a full fight between the two of them for, for charity. He was Thunderlips. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. <laughs> why does it have to be like so fuck? Like, why do the stakes have to be so high in that song? Because America, <laughs> goddammit. Fight for your life. It's Rocky like, Four. Yeah, Rocky Four. Anyway, uh, I love this movie. And, and, like, I didn't even know who Dolph Lundgren was. And, and y- you know, you'd bring him up and then eventually put two and two together. It's like, oh, there's that guy. I didn't know he did anything else besides this. But turns out I'm stupid. <laughs> and uh, in conclusion, Rocky Four is great. I don't know why Past Me only gave it three and a half. This bitch a four. Swerp. Yeah. Patrick. Well, uh, this is my very first Rocky viewing. I haven't seen any of the previous ones. And I feel like this is the one I always hear the most about. It's the it's the one that's the most acclaimed. It's the one that's the most mimetic. For a good reason, because Lord Jesus is it's the most over-the-top, <laughs> gallivanting, ostentatious movie. Because that fucking intro to Apollo Creed's exhibition <laughs> bat is the most... Extra <laughs> fucking shit in movies. It, yeah. it, like that whole thing goes on for like ten minutes. Yeah, no, it's it's a full <laughs> Jamie Brown song. It's going on, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think they're at the MGM Grand right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think my illusion is broken. <laughs> but but they they are also like, <clears throat> I don't know, like. If I ever had an entrance for something. It would be that. Oh yeah, that that is where my influence came from so hard. Like I would want the jingles, the fireworks, the dancers. Like if I'm showing up for something and people are there to see me, then by God, they're gonna get a show when I show up. That's how Jimmy uh, wa- gets walks into our house every week. God, you know how happy it would make me if I had entrance music that was James Brown with dancers and I got lowered from shit. Hey, I'm still <laughs> I'm, I'm still surprised you haven't just like. You know, the second you come within our Wi-Fi range, you just throw something on the Chromecast. Actually, I did that today. You know what you did? I was wondering who threw yeah, something no, up on I the put, I put up an Oasis song, but nobody was in there, and I felt really sad because it was just a wasted bit. Oh, there's always later this week, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, two days from now. <laughs> when, you're at, when you're out here oh, no, for Dynamite. No, it'll be time for Dynamite then. I'm not going to fuck with wrestling. So mm-hmm. continue, like, your, your review. Yes, um, so I was very much taken with just the ostentacity of the film, the audacity of the film, and uh, I have to say, I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Although, I will, like, as much as I enjoyed the film, it wasn't, like, as crazy as I thought it would be. Like, it's still enjoyable, but... I, I was sort of like surprised, like I said before, like how much the movie is montage. So some of the movie feels like kind of empty, but like not necessarily like, oh, this it feels like it's a drag. It's just kind of like I'm surprised just how kind of just mainstream the plot is. Like it's just kind of just really simple, just a zoop, just a straight line. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's it's not poor for it. Yeah. They, they really love playing Full ass fucking songs in this movie. Oh yeah, oh, Montage, yeah. licensing yeah. licensing must be must have been a hell of a lot different in the eighties because they they played songs like front to back like like four or five times. Well, by this point, uh, like Rocky was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the montage songs was Survivor coming back because Eye of the Tiger made them. Yeah. So like they of course we want to be in Rocky Four. Why wouldn't we? So at, at that point, it was less of, oh, we got to pay out the ass for these songs and more, 
hey, uh, we would desperately, desperately love to have our songs in Rocky Four, please. Yeah, so it's... Oh, yeah, okay, I can yeah. see that. Cannon. Yes. What did you think of Rocky Four? Fucking sucked. I hated every... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa, heel turn. No, um, okay. I'm leaving. All right, with the exception of um, many years ago, there was something about to come on on FX... And I had it on the channel waiting for it, and I caught the ending of Rocky Balboa. That was all, and with the exception of Creed, I have seen the first Creed movie. Other than that, I have not seen a full-fledged Rocky movie until tonight. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard, like, the stories of pretty, I mean, you know, like, Rocky is pop culture. Like, even without seeing it, you know what it is. You know what it's about. You know what happens for the most part. And, uh, excuse me, um, and Justin, of course, did, thank you, graciously, gave us a, um, a brief breakdown of Rocky. Yeah, just the but, Rocky primer. Yeah. Because, again, so like, this is the first one I've seen, starting off with four. That being said. Last time well, on Rocky. Like Pat mentioned <laughs> earlier, the fact that it's so streamlined, I think the fact that, you know, it was already an established franchise, you know what it's about. You're watching it. You bought the ticket. You know what you're getting. So they get straight to the point. Boom, boom, boom. Like, there, shit's always happening in this movie. And there's really, in, in at least in my opinion, there's really not a dull moment. I mean, maybe the exception of the beginning, you know. But, I mean, that's not like a, like a bad thing. Chico the robot. Uh, you see, I'm not going to lie. When the robot debuted, I, I, I thought, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> it's going to be that kind of movie. But you know what, Stallone, don't fucking take that out. What's wrong with you? Yeah, the robot was like it's one of my of favorite parts. And I'm sitting there like there's a moment in the movie where he rolls up to his house, and I didn't know that it was his house. And I was like, hey, Justin, is that his house? And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I understand why he has a fucking robot now. He's living <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, all the money, all the success. The, the fucking, the, oh, man, the grandiose, the set design, so huge, so, like, it's a spectacle. It's fucking pro wrestling is what it is. It's, it's fucking mm -hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell, like an actual professional wrestler um, that we've uh, watched for years now modeled his first major character from WWE from Drago. Right? Right, yeah. Like no, Rusev, I mean, now Miro and yeah. AEW. Rusev and Lana were absolutely modeled after Drago and his wife in this movie. 100%. Um, that being said, it's my, my first full-fledged introduction into the Rocky world. I had a really good time love this movie I I haven't officially rated it on Letterboxd yet I'm going to I too am giving it four stars nice yeah <clears throat> our hearts are on fire hearts are That's on right. fire and I'm hearting the shit out of it too when I log back in and there's no easy way out <laughs> yeah. there's but no shortcut up I love this movie. This movie's yeah. my childhood. More than any other movie except maybe Conan the Barbarian, this movie is what I grew up watching a thousand times over. Yeah, I understand why. Uh, <clears throat> I, I adore this movie. I love Rocky as a franchise except for Rocky Five. I, I It's fucking Rocky. He beats communism. He beats it with his fists. Literally. Yeah. If I could he change. literally ends communism. Like, if you I could change... Hey, you could change. <laughs> you know, it's Everyone great. could change. It's fucking great. Oh, man. Right? Like, I can't, I can't 
accurately put into words what this movie means to me. It's five stars. There's always going to be five stars. And, you know, Masters of the Universe, if we expand this out to like a 10 scale, Masters of the Universe is nine and a half, right? If we go to 20, it's 19 and a half. This movie is always <laughs> top of the fucking scale, right? This movie breaks the scale. This movie's more than five. This is a movie a thousand stars. Yes. This might be like one of the most important movies in my life. Fucking a million and three quarters in the Tokyo Dome. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so many stars, it breaks the Tokyo Dome. You know what? You you mentioned Masters <gasps> of the Universe. Uh, as I was scrolling through my movies, I saw uh, Bringing Out the Dead, and I gave that a two and a half. And I'm just like, you know what? I would watch Masters of the Universe before that one. So, update, it's now a three in my... Nice. <laughs> and it still has a heart. So. <laughs> but no, like, like this movie This movie's where I discovered James Brown. Yeah, which has been a huge musical influence on me. Uh, this movie, it, like Hearts on Fire, the the fourth montage, the best montage, where he climbs a mountain and screams Drago. Oh. That that I love that song. I love that scene. Like that song is one of my wake up alarms. Living in America is the song. Like I said, the song that plays when people fucking call me. I love Rocky Four unabashedly, unashamedly. Yeah. No one should be ashamed. I love it so much. So good. It's really good. So and if good I one. if I could ever find a shirt that has that Soviet Russian flag with Drago painted on it, or even like a print of that, like just just anything with that on it, I need it. I need it so much. It's I good. Love it. it was he good. He needs it. He tells you he needs it. <sighs> Fucking love Rocky. God. Even when the like, even knowing that you know uh, Apollo was going to die. Like, even if you had never seen a trailer or anything about Rocky ever, you're like, oh, fuck, this dude's about to die. Yeah. And even I was just like, man, I knew this was coming. It still sucks. Yeah. No, I've <laughs> seen this it, It's hard to watch. It is. It's, it's a brutal rough. beating. It's really brutal. I've seen this movie dozens of times, do, like probably in the hundreds at this point. It's still tough to watch. Like, I can tell you every hit as it's coming. I'm like, fuck, that's still awful. I just I love Rocky. Five stars, man. And this make and this excites me. I'm gonna watch them all, even the Dookie ones now. Again, you can so, skip five. There's that's I, I, the only I'm a completionist. One. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not gonna be fun. I uh, it's fine. But I have I watched I, the fanatic twice. I have one. I have one through Balboa. If you want to borrow them, you know what? When I make the time, I will not say no. All right. Cool. I'll watch them with you. Hell it's yeah. been a while since I've seen one. Uh, been a long yeah. while since I've seen two. Because there's like in the but movie I'm, three and four, I wear out. There's like a, a full blown like montage of like I'm the the past like like three movies before yeah. this one, and like even <clears throat> like a Rocky one Sylvester Stallone. It's like I know it's real. I know it's exist. I know it happened. It's a thing in front of me right now. But even I'm just like, oh, it's gross. It's like a deep fake of Baby Stallone, and I hate it. Get it's it away pretty from weird. Because literally, I, and I said this during the video, it was like, okay, Sylvester Stallone, how he looked in in Rocky in Rocky Four is essentially like how I remember him from when I knew Sylvester Stallone was a person. What's that look, be, that particular look. What's going to be really weird is Rocky Three because in that one he's not, like he's not young. He's still younger. Yeah. But he's also really lean and really cut. Yeah. So it gives his face this weird, almost sunken angles and shit. I mean, he, he has a very awkward. like pronounced facial features that are, like severe in, in certain respects. Mm-hmm. So like you just see this fucking this dude's big ass head and just like you just see these always like weird like droopy features. And then you just see, like, that just supposed was, like, when he's, like, in the final battle, like, he's 
fucking like a, the biggest broadside of a barn. But then like when he's like in running around and in, in the snow, like he seems much leaner and like honestly, yeah, pretty good outfit. That's, that's a great look. With, yeah, with the jacket and the hat look. and like the skinny jeans is like, ooh, he pulling that look beard. together. That's a nice jacket. It's a really nice jacket. Oh yeah, that's a good coat. Uh, and, and plus, in my head, like the whole, the, the whole like second montage where he's just like riding around the snow and Drago's in like the high school science lab. It's like I was like, this all this all took place in a day. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, how how long are they training? Why are they training so? Just like get, you know, get to the, get the business here. Like, and I don't. God damn it! I don't mean to like sound like I'm like being a nitpicky critiquer or whatever the fuck but yes there is a lot of montages in this movie and it's almost like this movie invented the montage at some point almost to the point where it like at points comes off as almost parody yeah I was about, it, yeah but it, becomes, it, it becomes like a parody of itself but again it also it, it like i said earlier like you know what rocky is and these are there to like you know just like get to the fucking point you know you're you're there to see these two dudes fight and also like get ready for this fight so fucking train and i know like the first like which one was it with the famous like the big walk up the steps or whatever rocky the first one yeah, yeah. like I, I guess that's when <laughs> you see the first rocky kids out there is where the montage was created that's where the word was created and yeah. All that shit. No, that's it's like it's like a hundred something year old method, but no, that's uh, not true. Uh, yeah, it goes all the way that's back. That's true. To it, like it's like Soviet, obviously early it, Soviet film. Rocky absolutely popularized yeah, the montage. Yeah, popularized it in like the modern notion of it. And I just Rocky think like invented the montage. <clears throat> everyone, <laughs> I think Rocky Four is just like the pure distillation of the Rocky. It's like all the hallmarks, like all the beats, you know. From Rocky and the franchise, from the montage, from the yeah. fights, from the training, like all that, they just took everything that Rocky was, cut out all the filler, and then just cranked it all up to ten. Yeah, and then that's why this one is the most memorable because, like, yeah. it's just like the essence of Rocky, the franchise, the character, and everything in in a single film. And, and oh yeah, it's kind of uh, like cranked up a little bit. But even like with the 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 montages, like they're not inessential. Like, you yeah. know, mostly it's like the training and then the actual fight because you know boxing matches like this one go a really long time. Yeah. I, I I may have to uh, I may have to go back and um, preface by saying it's not that there are montages that that it make me lot. laugh it it's it's how some of them how fast they happen between the next one. Oh yeah, yeah. that is what i'm saying there's <laughs> one that's like 30 second like it's there's just so quick yeah. no montage three and montage four are both rocky training in the snow and they're only separated by by adrian showing up i couldn't stay away i missed you it's like 45 seconds to a minute and a half tops. and he goes yeah. right back into it's montage. just long enough for you to change to the next song on the tape yeah I think Great. The only one that really is uh, in essentials, the second one, as fun as it is, is him driving in the car. Yeah, yeah. Because that one, that one's where it's like, okay, I feel like we're padding for time here. There's like no, a lot of like reused no, footage. Yeah, no, that's where that, he's remembering his relationship with Apollo. And then that has my favorite song in the movie. I love 
There's no. It's so but good. But that confused me because I thought at first that was him like literally driving all the way to Russia. He was going <laughs> to literally drive that car all the way to the water and just drive on the water too and just go. I mean, it, he's so goddamn rich. Like he bought an aquatic vehicle. He has he a robot. He can fucking make a handicap. <laughs> what, what I loved, you know, it's not explicitly like pointed out that the fact that, you know, when Adrian left to go meet Rocky in Russia, she just left her kid in the in the hands yeah. of their goddamn robot. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. Just like, well, no, he was clearly with somebody else's parents because there were other kids there. He was watching. Yeah, that's, 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 that's uh, maybe, but like they to me, friends. it's much funnier. Did you say, okay, Rosie, <laughs> watch after our boy? Wait, was the robot in the background? Yeah, the robot, yeah, was, the robot there. was there. Oh, they were. T- no, there's no <laughs> way that robot's in anybody else's house. That was their house. Just the robot. <laughs> the robot's dressed like Santa Claus with boxing. I didn't blunder. notice the robot in that scene. I and also, apparently, the robot is just like a full service made to uh, Paulie, his 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 uh, his trainer, and it's like I guess he fucks it too. I guess. And Carl Weathers, correct? Yeah. God, great and everything. Fantastic. I, and everything, yeah. I, I Amazing love that man. Actor. He's great. Like Fantastic. when when the Mandalorian first started and they announced the casting, the Rocky movies and Predator are why I was so fucking excited. Yeah. Like, oh my god, they got Carl Weathers. Yeah. They got fucking Carl Weathers. And like most of the people I know just kept looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, fuck you! It's Apollo Creed! How dare you? Yeah. It's like that that's an episode. It's like, how did you discover Carl Weathers? <laughs> Let's talk about that. But yeah, Rocky Four. I like even even though it's the fourth in the series and it's the first one I've seen to completion. I I mean, hell, it, in a way, it's probably like I said, the best one to start off with. It's, it's how it, I started. It's great. It's how I started. like. It's yeah. there's always there's always something going on. Like it's it gets like, to the point. It's like Pat said. It's pure distilled Rocky. Yes. Like and everything Rocky is, this movie is that. And you know what? It, it it's got me it's got it's got me itching to watch more Rocky so yeah. I, it's I'm happier for it <laughs> and like I said I've seen Creed I still haven't seen Creed two it's good Drago comes back oh man that <laughs> I mean that mean makes me and like Lunger's performance in this like even though like he he doesn't really say a lot but he doesn't really have to say a lot in this movie his actions you know obviously. also at this point I don't think his English was super great this was like one of his very first anything's <laughs> was this like before this was before anything else this was eighty five. Really, everything we watched. Oh wow! Yeah. So, oh, okay. So okay. like eighty five led to eighty seven matches in the universe, yeah. which made eighty nine uh, Punisher. Punisher. Well, they brought in Brigitte Nielsen to play the uh, Lana, yeah, character. <laughs> and little, did, that didn't and little did we know that we see her just a little a few years down the road dating Flavor Flav and Strange Love. Is it weird that like the surreal life was like my first introduction to Brigitte? No, the same. <laughs> that was a lot of people's. Like, not many of us watched the Red Sonja movie. I hadn't seen it. No, it's not great. Uh, it's got Arnold in it. It was supposed to be Arnold playing Conan with Red Sonja because that's that's what they do. But yeah, he didn't want to play Conan again. Uh, I forget exactly why. Like, we'll, we'll need to do a Conan the Barbarian episode at some point. Yeah. Uh, watch the Momo one, too. It's going to be fuck great. Fuck you. No, we have to. Uh, we don't have to. Black and all, all Conan. No. All Conan all uh, the time. So, but they, he, and O'Brien. I'd watch Conan O'Brien. I love Conan O'Brien. But for some reason, he wanted to be a different character, so he's Keldor is the name in the movie. Uh, Red Sonja. Even character. though it's just fucking Conan. Not even Cole. No, not even. Well, you know. Kevin Sorbo himself. Cole was supposed to be Conan the King. But yeah. then Arnold dropped out, and they cast uh, crazy person <laughs> Kevin Sorbo 
as Cole the Conqueror, oh, also okay. starring Tia Carrera. Yeah, also starring her. Yeah, full circle. circle. <laughs> it's all a circle. But yeah, Rocky Four. If you haven't seen it, fuck you. Go watch it. Yeah, like it, it, yes, it, please. Get your heart on fire. Like I, I, I don't. God, I've never really had like uh, a des, like a, a desire a, 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 to like make yeah. it. But now that I have seen one, I feel like I am better for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I am happier because of it. I get it now. I. Get it now. Yeah, go. yeah. Because I saw Rocky Four when I was in middle school, and I that was a franchise I thought I would never get into. I'm like fucking yeah. boxing. Who likes that shit? And, and it is a very compelling movie. I like, mean, like you don't have to like boxing to like. Yeah, Rocky, it definitely helps. You know, elevate boxing at least in someone who's like, oh, we like I like wrestling and comics. So you have like these larger than life characters when you have these. Uh, Boxer basically be fucking cartoon characters. That really helps yeah. sell it for me. Yeah, like perf- like um, if if I remember correctly, Xavier Woods when he was in TNA, he was uh, what was it no consequences, consequences Creed. Queen, yeah, consequences Creed, Creed, yeah. and he modeled himself after Apollo Creed. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, that's I mean, some good shit. You, you've got Apollo Creed, you've got Ivan Drago, you got Mister Fucking T. Yeah, as Clubber Lang. Hulk Hogan shows up at one point. Hogan's there's Thunderlips in Rocky Three. Like Rocky has some of the best cartoon character antagonists. Yeah. You, you, if this wasn't a live action movie, you think it was an '80s cartoon? No, like, this is literally like a smorgasbord of just like all things pop culture for all of those eras. Yeah, and like it. still holds water to this day. And if you want to watch another really good boxing movie that has a different theme, different sort of feel, check out Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe. I feel yeah. that movie is pretty good. It's Ron Howard. It's fantastic. Hmm. I'm also a Ron sub- Howard is very hit or miss for me. Well, like like the movies I like from him, pretty great. But then he'll he'll make like the Jim Carrey Grinch, and I'm like, I love that. Wait, movie. really? Yeah, I didn't know he directed that movie. Yeah, the scene where uh, the Grinch is t- pretending to direct Max the dog huh? was just Jim Carrey doing his Ron Howard impression as the Grinch. Ah, uh, yeah, that's cool. I love the Grinch though. I'm, I'm sorry. Compared to Cat in the Hat. Well, well, yeah, yeah but like, <laughs> but that is a very low bar to clear. Point being, uh, Cinderella Man is fantastic. I am a sucker for a good like, f- like fighter movie. I mean, not, like, I mean, not necessarily, you know, like, you know, like martial arts, but you know, like, to my knowledge, like, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember really liking it. It was an MMA movie it, starring Tom Hardy, and I forgot. I was just the, about to bring that one yeah, up. Warrior? Yeah. Because they're, they're, like, two brothers that had to fight each other. Yeah, like, they both are, they enter, like, this fucking tournament in their own ways, and then they end up in the fucking finale fighting each other. And I, I remember really fucking digging that movie. It's a solid movie. Yeah. But no, like, Cinderella Man's definitely much more Oscar bait type. Yeah. But it's still really, really good, and it's based on a very true story. I remember seeing trailers. It's just one that I just never got around to. Yeah, you should check it out. I will. I want to. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to call it. Yep. Yeah. I think we've had a good time talking about Dolph Lundgren, who once answered a question of mine on a Reddit AMA. Yes, he did. It's a good time. That's Love that, fantastic. Man. Uh, that was the same day I met AJ Styles. He had that a very was, big day that, that day. That was a hella good day for me. So I guess we're not on the numbers quick enough to get the average, but I'm assuming it's Rocky Four is obviously like the Yeah, the no, for sure. Rocky Four was our favorite movie, yeah. <laughs>
Uh, and yeah, so thank you all for listening, all three of you. Uh, shout out to friend of the show Joe, Postman Frank. Whoop whoop. That's about the only regulars that I still know listen to the show. <laughs> but it's cool. We've been doing pretty steady numbers. Yeah, just um, let us know in the comments if you're still out there and just yeah. don't swear. Yeah, so don't we swear. can see them. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck, Apple Podcasts is so screwed up these days anyway. Yeah. There's so um, many other options to listen to us on. And maybe you can leave comments there. I don't know. Very soon, I hope to get the YouTube channel up. Yeah. Uh, I just I keep forgetting it. The past couple months have been insane. Yeah. So. There. A lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to get the YouTube channel up. I want to get more commercials for stuff. Want to get some more Rob's reviews and the karaoke bits. Just been it's been tough. Like I said, you know, I've been pretty burnt out. So I'm I'm just struggling to get through regular life right now. But I mean, we'll get there. If I ever come up with some like stupid bullshit, I can always <laughs> like be like, Pat Jonathan, hey, I I'm I'm gonna like film an ad and let's just like I'm gonna send something stupid. Let's send it to Justin. Yeah, I mean, if y'all want to do that, yeah, I can. I mean, why not? We got the shit. Yeah, like, just, like, you want to just film or, like, just record whatever it is, like, the words and shit, and I can can produce it up and uh, get it going. That'd be fun. But anyway, uh, let's get to the plugs, and then I'm going to go home and pass the fuck out. Yeah. So. Night night. (laughs) Jonathan, where can the people, all two of them, find you? My name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-Y-24 and JohnOwnSun12 on Letterboxd. Patrick? Uh, hello, this is Patrick. We thank you all for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name Art. On Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. If you're listening to this, this the week, week it comes out. out. <laughs> on Tuesday, uh, The Late Takes, Tanner dropped the first spinoff of his spinoff show, The Late Takeout, is where he tries new and bizarre fast food items. And on uh, Monday, the the main show, AYCH, we had a, a impromptu banner session with Jonathan, Cannon, and myself where we just hung out and shot the shit, and it was a really good time. I strongly encourage you to listen to And it is, it is a fun happens, and it takes place exactly 10 episodes after the last Cannon Shoots Hard episode, <laughs> which was also born out of a, a last-minute change in plans. <laughs> I like how between the shows and the spinoff shows of the shows and the special episodes of the spinoff episodes of the shows, there are more different types of shows than people who participate in these shows now. Yeah, there's, there's only... <laughs> Six people <laughs> that made these shows, but there's like over twenty different shows. Yeah, on like, well, like there's the four of us. There's Wenzel. There's Colt. There's Tanner. We get Frank sometimes. <laughs> and there you are. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Hey, like like Tanner said, we we record nine days a week, and uh, you know we're busy just making the content. I mean, literally, the episode that came out on Monday, episode two thirty. That's our 50th episode on AYCH for the year. Oh, God. I mean, on average, we make 60 episodes a year on, on AYCH alone. Yeah. Oh, damn. So nice. Pretty much you just, you're, like, there's so much of you recorded out there. I mean, we'll hit 300 total pieces of audio on the AYCH feed before the end of the year. Yeah, because I was talking about... Uh, a- AYCH to a friend of the show Joe at work the other day and I was I was way off even though it's probably closer than we think but I was just like yeah man I'm pretty sure they got like 
pretty sure they're like 400 episodes right now. <laughs> I mean, we'll get there quicker than you think. Oh, yeah, it's getting there, Bod. <clears throat> Cannon. Yes. Where can the people find you? Well, I have been that Cannon guy. Uh, the people could find me at that Cannon guy on Twitter, Instagram, and the letterbox. And if you are listening to this on the week it comes out, I shitted. <laughs> 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 I'm Justin, uh, also known as Captain Chimmy. You can find me at Captain Chimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Chimmy's Almost Music. Uh, I'm at the comic strip over on Hargrove Road here in Tuscaloosa. You want to buy a comic, come buy a comic. It's a good time. Uh, also, if you're listening to this the week it comes out, then uh, this past Saturday was my birthday, and I ate so much that on Sunday I shitted 12 times. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Yeah, no, Jim gave us a text message er, the next morning. It's like, dog, I'm blowing it up in here. <laughs> like, it was, uh, it was because we had, we had so, like, we had corn dogs and mini corn dogs and oh, like, little yeah. smokies and cakes and cupcakes and just sodas. And yeah, I, fantastic I spread. It I was, was great. For, I, I got a little sick to my stomach about three o'clock in the morning uh, on Sunday. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys had also been drinking heavily at that point. Uh, that's not as heavy as we have been drinking, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah, I did fair, not have yeah. an ounce of alcohol. Thank you. I really that's didn't fair. drink as much. But however, the, the next day, the, I actually, strangely enough, had trouble doing that. I had zero issues. <laughs> Twelve whole like, times. Kind of the opposite problem. <laughs> I got home. It at was two. a clearance sale. Everything must go. <laughs> I got home. I got in bed at two a.m. Uh, again, uh, stone cold sober. I don't drink. So I, I just had foods and yep. sodas and shit. Got in bed at 2 a.m., bloated and just miserable. I was like, I'm going to vomit <laughs> cute, pup, cupcake right now. A lot of squirty-inducing yeah. foods. So, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> see, when Shimmy woke up in the morning, it was like that scene from Godfather. He throws the cup. He's like, ah, it's like, no. like liquid Let me tell you what everywhere. happened, right? So I, I, I lay in bed at 2 o'clock. I'm like, I'm hurting, but I'm going to bed, goddammit. And I'm going to sleep as long as I can. Squirting. So I'm, I'm laying in bed all night. I'm getting up. I'm eating Tums. I'm burping. I'm farting. I'm just bloated. And it's horrible. <laughs> I don't regret anything. The food was delicious. Fuck it. But in, like at 8.45, my, it's like it's the cartoons where the, the characters just sleeping. All of a sudden, their eyes shoot up, and it sounds like breaking China. It's like just... <laughs> just it's just it's like, it, it's oh, like, shit. It's like the gif of Squibber waking up. Yeah, and like, exactly that. I'm like, nope, that's pooping time. And I just, I sat down and just like, it's bad. <laughs> it's like the Thunder Dome in here. I was one out of 12 for the rest of that day. I love how <laughs> the plugs and the goodbyes turned into shit stories. <laughs> A whole episode will be dedicated to our boom booms in the future. TM, TM, TM. Shit stories <laughs> coming soon to Uncage. I, know I mean, you can tell there's at least two episodes of AYC that's just doo-doo stories. <laughs> uh, I've probably got two episodes just of my own shit stories. When's the shitting greatness episode? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We shit great. Tra- Travolting develop poop. <laughs> don't let anyone caging shit. Don't let anyone shat on your great. <laughs> No, we'll just do one about poop. It's called revolting development. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. All right. uh, th- thank you, everybody, stinky. for listening. Uh-oh, stinky. <laughs> Poopy. Listen to our stupid <laughs> bullshit. Oh, God. Hey. I miss you. I shit my pants. <laughs>
It's going right. My bed, Jeremy. Like, say we, my bed. I, I'm glad. I'm so glad we did this. Even we originally planned on not doing it, yeah, but no, I'm we were, so glad we did it. We're gonna put this. So full of boo -boo. We're gonna put this recording off for a couple. I get a full day oh, for your mission. Change me, dead. <laughs> Auto hated every movie that we watched tonight, or not tonight, though, through the past uh, few days. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you, all none of you at this point, for listening. <laughs> um, just to give you a quick uh, look ahead into what's coming before we go. <laughs> Just poop. You can come now. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, ne tomorrow, next, shit. <laughs> the next day, yeah. shit. Next week, next week we will be reviewing Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Oh fuck yeah! Which I'm very excited for. <laughs> week after that will be John's special episode of Uncaged. Mm. And I got uh, a special movie. It's a humdinger that, that I think only Pat is going to enjoy. <laughs> Terrified. Oh, uh, man. After that will be Vampire's Kiss, hopefully with our special guest JR. I need Hell to yeah. I need to reach out to him. He's been doing a bunch of cons, been real busy. I didn't want to bother him. Yeah. Uh, then Season of the Witch. And then for the final week of October is Ghost Rider 1 and 2 with Postman Frank. Should be mm -hmm. fun to listen to him scream bloody murder. And then after that yeah. will be uh, the birthday month of canon. Travolting Developments. <sighs> That's uh, a lot John of John Leguizamo Day. Uh, and then, you know, some other stuff. But we got some fun stuff coming. Yeah, a lot of pressure. John's already can. walked off, so. <laughs> I have the shit! <laughs> we spoke He's the shitting into existing. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's uh, it for today. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we will see you next time. It's not a bit. Jonathan um, actually walked off to go boom boom. <laughs> Don't let anybody cage your shit. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Shim. Thanks, I love you, guys. Ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga. I can't stop. Deep inside. Me. You just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight. You let me. Nope. Everything's all right.
Uga chaka, uga, uga, uga chaka, uga, uga, uga chaka, uga, uga, uga chaka, uga, uga.